You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw... All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today for the first time, not in the blockhouse, with Kelly. Yeah. I'm coming to you live from the barn. The barn. Kelly, it's where are you? Christened. Where are you? It's been Kristen. Where are you coming to us from? Um, I choose to have a place. Well, I'm going to choose as my placeholder for a cooler name, the podcast closet. Because just calling it podcast the closet, closet has, you know, other connotations. And I've been out for so long <laughs> that it just feels like a step backwards. So I'm going to say it has to be podcast closet. We're going to have to modify it. Podcast closet it po- is. So you're going back into the podcast closet Correct. specifically. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, fantastic. Yes, well, this is our very first remote uh, episode, as we talked about at the end of Life is Hard. I left my job. I am currently in South Dakota, and Kelly is still in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Kelly, spoiler alert, which we weren't able to talk about because we just never knew, owns a house now. So she has a house. Yay. I'm looking at her live, and she's got festive lights. I've got festivities that uh, my grandma has been hoarding for t- 40 years. Jingly reindeer. <laughs> And jiggly Antlers. reindeer heads. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Listen to these. Sorry. You probably didn't need my mouth sounds on that. But I have to shake my head. No, that's, so what it, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> that's what her, her reindeer hair does. How's it going in the new house, Kelly? It's great. It's very large. Um, I mean, it's huge for us. It's I think it's less than a thousand square feet, but it feels enormous. We have a garage, which is nuts. I have so many tools. Uh, I have so much space. I have a whole little closet dedicated to recording. It's a very different life. It's been really good. Also, yeah. I'm already getting a headache from shaking my head so hard to make these jingle bells. So I hope everyone <laughs> appreciates the pain that I'm going through <laughs> in if order not, to bring Christmas tree here. We'll fix it in post. I mean, it's all good. <laughs> no, we'll no, just no, make no. it really loud bells. No, ding, no, no. Ding, no, no, no. I will suffer for our art. Our art. Yes. Anyway, we how will. are you? You left South Dakota. You went to Virginia. Oh, I left South Dakota. I went to go see my grandma. That's kind of the reason why I left in general. And yeah, I went to Virginia and hung out. We didn't go anywhere, um, which was the best it could have been. And the only reason I'm back is to record for this, because otherwise I didn't have my mics. I didn't have my Behringer. I didn't have I didn't have any equipment to record. So I had to come back and I came back for you, dear listener. So if you're listening, thank you so much. Uh, we're here today to talk about Christmas. Yay! And we... And, uh, you know, normally we try to break this stuff up, but over the last two years, it's just been hard. You know, life is life is hard, as our last song that we listened to said. And 2020 has been, you know, it's been something. It's been a ride. So we're going to talk about 2020. We're going to talk about our, our season with Bob Dylan. We're going to talk about Christmas in the Heart. If, you, if you've listened to last year, then you kind of know you can skip around in this episode if you want to listen to our recommendations or our, our year with Bob Dylan, all that stuff is going to be available and timestamps. So check your show notes uh, in whatever podcast app you're listening to this from. But we're going to start by talking about Christmas in the Heart. So this is section one. We're going to talk about the first eight songs on Christmas in the Heart, which is where we started. We listened to this for the first time four years ago. If you want to listen to us talk about the history of these songs, we remember when we were going to like have a new fact every year? 
we never did any of that stuff. So if you if you need more facts on this, you're not going to find it from this podcast. So you need to search out facts on your own. But if you do want to go and listen to old stuff, it could be pretty fun. But we we now this has been such a part of our lives for so long that we're just going to kind of talk about the songs and you know what it what it means to listen to them again, but also talk about the new additions we made to our playlist. So if you want to listen to this playlist, you can see a link down in the show notes right here. Or you can also listen to every single playlist we've done. I've put all of them together into one super playlist that you can also listen. The link is also down in the show notes. So, Kelly, let's start with Christmas in the Heart. Now, before we even get started, what was it like listening to this? Did you listen to it at work? How did you how did you bring Bob Dylan's Christmas joy into your heart this year? I was facing a particularly frustrating day at work, I think, and I put this on and I was like, what a treat. Yeah. I mean, the songs that we loved before that we'll get into are still great. And, you know, I was um, I helped my sister put up her tree at her house and my grandma staying for Christmas with my mom this year. Um, And she I put this on for her and she was delighted. You know, at first I you always get a little cringy. You're like, oh, no, it's Bob Dylan. You know, like he's obviously got the voice. People have visceral reactions when it comes to him. But I just know, like hearing it the first time this this time, you know, with my grandma, I was like, oh, this is I love this. I hope she does, too. And she's loves it. She was bouncing around. That's exactly oh, what yeah. she wanted. Even uh, um, Stacia, who, who does not like Bob Dylan as a rule. I was like, I need yep. to listen to this playlist a couple of times, you know, for the pod. And I put this on. She's like, you can put on Bob Dylan whenever you want. And I was like, ha, you've been fooled. It's been Bob nice. Dylan the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so. We did it. Finally. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> this whole thing was a ruse. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about this. and We're going to talk about the songs that we put on. You probably heard a lot of these, too. So if you're not like listening to the playlist right away, you know, I think you're still fine. Um, I think it'll be fun after we're done talking to go and listen to it or listen to the super playlist if you want to. But here comes Santa Claus. Like you said, what a great song. Probably one of the best on the record. I'm glad it starts everything. We paired this this year with Mariah Carey. Which is funny because um, my mom, when we were driving, the one trip we took this year was to D.C., which was abandoned. We went to go see the National Tree, and it was the quietest I've ever seen D.C. It was an amazing trip just on its own. But my mom was complaining in the car because I was putting on our super playlist, which is like some Bob Dylan, but some, you know, lots of other stuff that we've been listening to for four years. She wanted traditional. Um, So when Cat Power was singing like a slow version of something, she's like, what is this crap? Well, I want traditional. Anyways, go two days later. We're sitting in the kitchen. They have an Alexa that they love. And she's like, Alexa, play traditional Christmas music. And the first thing it does, it says, okay, playing traditional Christmas music from Spotify. And the first thing, Mariah Carey. And I'm like, is that traditional? I mean, now it is. But for me, my vibe when I heard this, I'm glad we got Mariah Carey finally on the playlist. But I don't like it. Like, compared to Bob, it's not, I don't like it. Is that just me? Am I wrong? So, first thought was, thanks, Bob, for bringing some holiday cheer. Next thought, when Mariah comes on, I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 90s, terrible, well, terrible Mariah Carey Christmas song. Thank you. You think 90s, but here's the thing. So, this our parameters for this are 1940s to 2010s. 1940s to 2010s. This is from 2010. No! Really? I know. Uh-huh. From Merry, Merry Christmas to you. So probably the sequel to the 90s Merry Christmas one. So, which has you know, the one. The one which has the Christmas one. Song that everyone the knows. one. Yes. The only one. Which I yes. can't remember now, but you know it's the one. You know it's the one. So next year we'll be doing a 1940s song to pair with this. So we'll have to come back to that. 
Do you hear what I hear? The second song on on uh, Christmas in the Heart. This is R and B legends only. So uh, Mary J. Blige is on our our playlist uh, along with the former alums being Whitney Houston uh, and Gladys Knight. So how do we feel about about this one? Great. I mean, straightforward, earnest cover. She's got a beautiful voice, Mary J. Always so earnest until it slaps. Until that that <laughs> that it that that in between part where it becomes like a '90s R&B ballad, it was awesome. I don't even remember. So oh god, didn't stick in my head. It was all piano and like like soft violin, and then all of a sudden it's just like boom, we just hit the beat, and yeah, it was like a little R&B, you know, just like a standard ballad of you know, this was 2013, so not '90s, but it certainly sounds like it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like Mariah Carey too. For me, I don't know if it's just me or like you know you can take the pop singer out of the 90s but you can't take the 90s out of the pop singer because it just like yeah. always is going to evoke that no fair enough fair enough uh winter wonderland this is jazz only is our category so this year we have the great ella fitzgerald off of ella wishes you a swinging christmas 1960 um i love bob's version specifically i love this song by bob but ella fitzgerald is so perfect um hard to beat her yeah i I didn't know it was her. It, I did not recognize her voice. 1960. Uh, yeah, well, so that, that'll change it, too, because I, I don't know. I think that I am want to, and maybe other people are as well, um, kind of put her in this, like, weird 30s corner, like, so th- 40s kind of thing, sure. where you, you expect poor Correct. audio quality, you expect a certain motif musically. Yeah, she just had an album released this year, like, Lost lost berlin tapes you know something like a lost performance in berlin and it sounds great i mean they've remastered it so well it sounds so contemporary you can hear the audience and everything but yeah if that could have come out back in the 60s it would have been you know a little bit less but yeah it sounds great and uh you know i think that ella fitzgerald i think of her as more traditional um whatever that term means than someone like mariah carey so it's pretty funny that mariah is like the go-to come on ella come on swing in christmas let's go uh, next up, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Um, this one is uh, punk or hard rock only, uh, except for that one time we did Aretha Franklin, which we will not talk about. Uh, but last year we did The Fall. This year we did Ralph Halford. Um, not great. Uh, I think I, I've said this before, but Bob doing these, tra- these again, we're going to say traditional a lot, but I think you know what I mean. Hark the Herald Angels, Silver Bells, all the old ones that aren't contemporary Christmas songs suck i don't like bob doing those versions i don't like bob's version of this i never have and uh rob halford what do you say amazing i i think it's everything you want it's insane i, looked, I was like is this twisted sister before i looked at it <laughs> like, oh, rob, rob, fantastic i think it's great i loved it it was exactly what you want from we haven't iron maiden yeah well not Iron Man. They wouldn't sorry, sign sorry, their names sorry. on this. Okay. Or Judas. I'm sorry. Or Judas. They wouldn't sign on for this. Just Rob. Only Rob. Uh, ne- <laughs> Next up, I'll be home for Christmas. Um, this one doesn't have any. any. It could be anybody. So we have uh, kind of, which I think we had talked about on the podcast before. I think maybe recommended or it's on our, but it's been on our playlist on some, at some level. Um, yeah, both of them are eh to me. Her version in, in particular was just too on the nose. She didn't do anything to stand out. Well, I enjoyed it because everyone knows at this point I love a lo-fi hip-hop uh, vibe, and it was very much a low-key yeah. R&B cool version. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I'll give it a, I'll give it a pass. Uh, next up is a little drummer boy. Uh, we only do boy bands, except for again that one time that we did Bad Religion. Um, but but boy bands have run out. I I looked far and wide for any sort of boy band 
that also did Little Drummer Boy. And there are Spotify is a huge one of like pop uh, pop boy bands doing Christmas. And it just there is no Little Drummer Boy. So I think this one's kind of run dry because I picked Neil Diamond and I couldn't have made a bigger mistake. Okay, my confession that ruins the integrity of our podcast. Uh, Every year, Stacia plays the Little Drummer Boy game. I'm sure I've mentioned it before because that track is on Christmas in the Heart. The Little Drummer Boy game goes as follows. Rules are very simple. Try not to hear the song, The Little Drummer Boy, all holiday season. So as soon as K-Rock or whatever channel starts playing Christmas classics, which is basically the day after Thanksgiving, you have until December 25th to not hear The Little Drummer Boy. And if you do not hear it, you win. So I have managed to make her lose the game. I would say of the six years we've been together, at least three of them. Um, so this year I'm doing my best and I have managed to success- skip these tracks when the playlist has been on. So I have listened to Neil Diamond's version of Little Drummer Boy one half time. Okay. <laughs> That's all but, you need. Yeah. And what I can say is. It's Neil Diamond doing Little Drummer Boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what you expect it to be. Um, It's really bad, and it makes Bob Dylan sound like a sonic sonic masterpiece, honestly. Um, The less said about that, the better. Maybe we'll go that route in the future, like Neil Diamond, and then just go down to, like, you know, everybody that sounds like him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. Yeah, really just rot out the Little Drummer Boy. Because keep in mind, I probably won't hear it. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. Oh, yeah, no, we could. <laughs> yeah, we should actually make that the worst place to be in our entire playlist. Yeah. Uh, next up yep. on Christmas in the Heart, the Christmas Blues. I think it's one of Bob Dylan's best on here. And I also think that this is maybe the best other version we've had by somebody. Uh, her name is Julia Lee, Julie, Julia and her boyfriends um, doing know. the Christmas Blues. Awesome. I, I had to look her up. She died in 1958, so I'm I'm thinking that said she, they, she had her last hit in 1949. So I'm thinking that this is from the 1940s, but don't quote me on that. I'm not okay. exactly sure, but it is from that era, even though the compilation is from 2011. Okay, that's another one where I was like, there's like an uh, anachronistic vibe to it because I was like, wow, me this too. sounds great, but it sounds like it's from the 40s, and I'm very confused. I don't know what's going on. So I thought the better, same. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was somebody okay. trying to sound old. But was right, new. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Because it sounds great for what it's worth. It sounds excellent. And it's a really great version of the song. And uh, probably one of the best ones on our playlist, I think. And mm-hmm. finally, mm-hmm. to close out the side one before we flip the vinyl over, Oh Come All Ye Faithful, Enya. We got we got Enya here. Excellent. Excellent. As soon as it came on, I was like, what is this Enya shit? And I was like, oh, it's Enya. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what is this Enya shit? It's always Enya. If it's Enya shit, it's always Enya. And I mean, um, no shots fired at any because I will. Everybody, you can't stop Orinoco flow. You just no. got to let it happen to you. And you, you do like it. You may lie, but you like it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to lie when I say hard skip for me in the future. Not not great. <laughs> I don't want her singing Christmas songs. I feel like she is like a like a fairy goddess, you know, like she lives in the woods. I don't want her singing about Christian holidays. You know, it's kind of um, what a- she's sequestered in her castle in Scotland. Thank you. Yeah, but is she? A, I don't want her singing Christmas hymns. Is what I'm saying. That's my problem. I want her singing to Mother Earth. That's what I want. I see. Well, and, I think when you you live in the castle, you got the acoustics going. You can't help but be like, oh, just to see like what happens, <laughs> booming through the halls of your castle. 
Oh, but why these songs? That's all I gotta say. Merry Christmas to all. A happy new year. It's all just a joke when your man isn't near. Santa, Santa, Santa. You're all through work on Christmas Day. I could go for your long whiskers. You might drop by and plan to stay. When a gal bites man, it is page one new. I got the Christmas blue. Okay, Kelly, on to part two. So that's the that's the end of uh, Christmas in the Heart, part one. Transition bells. I hope that that picked it up. All right, Keller, we're going to talk about our favorite things of this year. So before we talk about Bob Dylan's rankings, which are probably ostensibly the reason that you're here, we're going to talk about the things that we were obsessed with in this horrible, horrible year. Kelly, we're going to go from 20 down to 11. We're just going to trade off like we always have. You're going to start. uh, No, I'm going to. No, you're going to start this round. You start and then I'll start the next one. Kelly, number 20. What was your top 20 thing in 2020? Okay, so. Because I'm a renegade and an anarchist fan, uh, I didn't do 20. I did 22 because that's what I wanted to. Okay. And because most of these are repeats anyway, I'm just going to do three right now. So number 22, okay. NBC. I was told specifically that I'm not allowed <laughs> to name them individually. So Correct. NBC comes at large. Community. <laughs> you community, listen to community. Yeah. The Office, uh-huh. 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, and uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is what I'm watching again right now. Gotcha. So there you go. I like that they've been uh, welcomed in, in to NBC comedies, even though they were not specifically. Oh, because it was on I, Fox. I know, yeah, but yeah. I love that. But now it is. Yeah, I, I would rope it in, too. And good place. And you could throw that in there, too. My, well, yeah. Well, that was a legit Emmy for sure. And they're all yes. Mike Sure shows. Well, except for. Canadian no, I know. 35. But that one, we got to welcome into the fold, Kelly, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, because this year of our Lord, COVID-20, has uh, really made me need emotional support media. So I can only watch things that I've seen many times. British Great British Break Off definitely ran through all those again because I just I just can't. Nice. Um, so in that vein, I have been listening to almost exclusively not any music but dumb gay politics, all of it again, all over again because that's all I can handle oh, is God. my emotional support podcast. <laughs> uh, and then Shit's Creek, I finally finished Shit's Creek. I know the last season came out. I think either at the very beginning of this year or the end of last year. I can't remember. But uh, we had been kind of saving it because we loved the show so much and we didn't want to want it to end. And that's the trick. Right. If you don't want something to end, you just never finish it. Um, I get that. But we did finish it and it was lovely and perfect and everything you want. And I just it's really refreshing when shows can stick the landing um, and, you know, don't just ruin everything in the last season. Game of Thrones. Uh, Daniel, what is your number 20? Yeah, I, I stuck to the rules, so I have 20. Oh, yeah. And by the rules, I mean that my number 20 has been, for the last couple of years, 20 albums that I didn't get to spend <laughs> enough time with. So the this, the ones that I love that don't make it into my top 20, I'm just going to lay them out, and they'll be in the show notes as well. Smith Street Band, Don't Waste Your Anger. The Beths, who are on our playlist later on uh, for Christmas. Uh, Jump Rope Gazer, Strike Anywhere, came out with their first EP in God knows how many years. I think 11 years. Nightmares of the West. Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit have a new album called Reunions. It was awesome. Phoebe Bridgers, everyone's favorite. She's on everybody's top list. Punisher, fantastic. Laura Jane Grace, we love her. Stay Alive. Not just her, generally, but the album's (laughs) called Stay Alive. 
<laughs> Margot Price. That's how rumors get started. Very um, Fleetwood Mackey vibe. Um, Brian Fallon, Local Honey. Bruce Springsteen's new record called Letter to You. Probably the best thing he's done in 20 years. I really, 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 really have liked listening to that. Uh, Nana Grizzle, South Somewhere Else. Soccer Mommy that we talked about before on the podcast. Uh, Lisa Ann, Bad Vacation. Laura Marling, Song to Our Daughter. Emmanuel Wilkins, Omega. Um, a little bit of jazz in there. And then the best live album I heard all year was Daniel Romero's Outfit. Uh, the album's called OK Wow Live. One of the best sounding live albums I've ever heard. It sounds like it's in a studio. And then five albums uh, that I haven't listened to that much to, ma- to round out the 20. Uh, Red City Radio just came out with a new album uh, on, on a couple days ago, and it's pretty good. Uh, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, The Ride. I've only listened to it a few times, but it's great. Uh, Sturgill Simpson came out with a two-part bluesgrass bluesgrass bluegrass um, <laughs> album uh, called Cutting Grass, part one and two, and those dropped in December. Uh, Corky, which is a, a new um, band by um, Ian Mackay from Minor Minor Threat, um, is really, really good. And then Lesson Jake just came out with a new album called Silver Linings. So these are ones that I'll probably be listening to into 2021. But there you go. That's my number 20. Wonderful. It sounded a lot more than just one thing. It, sounded it did. Like 20 it things sounded like I broke the rules. And I, it sound, seems like I'm going to break yeah. the rules again. Kelly, number 19. <laughs> uh, so I kind of rolled in the experience versus the content a little bit in my list this year. Okay. Because at number 19, I have The Wicker Man. Now, The Wicker Man is yes. one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. But in the vein or spirit of uh, The Room and Troll 2, um, I, it, it was so fun to watch it. Because it none of us were expecting it. Because Kendra and I, at least, thought it was The Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> we thought that that was that, what that movie was. And had no idea that not only was it not... It was a Nicolas Cage vehicle, but also that it was the bees Nicolas Cage vehicle. That's right. So watching that was fantastic. I've never seen... I mean, Nicolas Cage really pulls out all the stops, and I nothing's ever truer to me than the episode of Community where Abed yeah. does a study of Nick Cage and loses mm-hmm. his mind because, yeah, you could. You really, really could because is he good or is he bad? Is he good or is he bad? And it really just seems to be whatever way the wind is blowing that day, whether the answer is yes or no. And the wind was blowing so, pretty poorly bad, on that day. Bad. Real bad. Real, <laughs> real bad. Anyway, Daniel, what's your number 19? Number 19 for me was, do you remember the pre-times? Do you remember those, those, do you remember Frances Quinlan put out a new record in the pre-times? Mm, no. Do you remember no. that we went to her to see her and that was the last show we ever saw? Do you remember no. that? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about the, the pre-times. I was thinking about the early records that usually I try to go back to at the end of a year. But for me, it's like everything ended in March. So it's really weird. I've got these albums, Francis Quinlan, Tame Impala, LaRue came out with a new album, Anti-Flag came out with a new album, AJJ, right when the new year started. Uh, their album was called Good Luck, Everybody. Seems apropos. <laughs> and uh, and then Carolyn Rose, somebody I really enjoy, uh, put out Superstar on March 6th, like one week before everything started. And it's like how quickly they got buried and how weird to think back on them at this point when time is just shuffled away from us. So I don't know. I want to give a little shout out to the pre times albums when things were just different. I remember listening to those and just feeling something. I don't even remember what it was like to live then, you know? Yeah. I mean, as I, I mentioned, I, all of the music recommendations, almost all of them I have on my list this year, spoiler, um, are all March and earlier yeah. because after that, 
I just listened to oh. Dumbgate Politics forever. Wow. Like, because I couldn't, like, all I was doing was watching NBC sitcoms that I've already seen and listening to Dumbgate Politics forever. Like, because I just can't, I can't handle it because I don't want to feel any feelings. Emotions are already at the highest and watching someone slice a cake made me cry. So I can't do anything. <laughs> I can't have any surprises. I can't have any emotional resonance with music. I cannot do anything except listen to Dumbgate Politics and watch shows I've already seen. And Nicolas so, Cage. Yes. And Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is, is usually safe He's for actual saying. real emotional <laughs> Yeah, feelings. you're not going to feel anything from him. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, number 18, yeah. Kelly. If, if We got a lot to look forward to then with this. 18. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, how appropriate. Uh, my recommendation is Mary Lattimore's album, Hundreds of Days. Yes. Which, who, who opened for Francis Quinlan in that show that we saw in the Before Times. So there you go. I mean, beautiful, amazing harpist. And like I said, I didn't really dig a lot of her stuff just because it feels like classically kind of just not really my vibe but um that album particularly because she had so many other artists collaborating with her very good hundreds of days mary Lattimore. your well, turn number and, 18 well and if you had been paying attention kelly mary Lattimore came out with a new album that is on a lot of people's you know top top list for the year oh really yeah she's like oh. a thing now um not just playing with francis quinlan but she's like collaborating with lots of different people so check out mary Lattimore. she's probably go- heading towards that direction a little more than just kind of what she was doing before uh, my number 18 is going to be Spanish love songs another pre-times album um, but one that was really resonating right when it all happened for me brave faces everyone uh, really really good I mean it was one of the last albums that we talked about you listened to the whole thing through again like you said that's not something we did after COVID hit you know it's it was something where we would share music and then that just kind of didn't sort of happen because we're just sitting in our own little worlds just trying to make it um Great songs on here. I recommend self-destruction as a sensible career career choice and optimism as a radical life choice. And then losers and losers too. The, I mean, those songs, I didn't really realize how they were titled, but they basically are just like pieces of each other. So um, it's a really good mm-hmm. record. And I think that they, I would love to see them live. What if they ever play, if we can ever go to shows again, they'd be one of the few I would really, really like to go see. I want, I want to see them play this record. So. Well, yeah, definitely not an album to listen to if you don't want to have feelings. Correct. Number 17, Kelly. Again, in the pre-times. Childish, childish Gambino. Nice. 31520. Um, just, I mean, he's consistently good, and I definitely went more in an ambient direction, obviously, because I am who I am, and I like what I like. Um, but it's also but it's yeah, great. great. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. And right there at the pre-times. So, literally, <laughs> the date is almost a demarcation yep. Yep. of sorts. Uh, 17 for me was uh, all the road trips that I've taken. So we, you and I and Kendra, we went on a road trip, uh, drove all the way to Sioux Falls. We, we saw Yellowstone. We saw the Badlands. We did all that kind of stuff. And then I did a you know road trip from here uh, back to Virginia with my sister and, and her friend, my friend, Christine. And we, uh, yeah, it was it was great. So I've traversed the entire country, even during COVID. Um, and that was a bizarre experience, especially during the summer where we thought we won, but we didn't win, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and things just... You know, yeah. it's we've it's been this up and down. I mean, just look at a COVID map. I mean, that's basically people's, you know, our emotions uh, throughout this year. And the summer was weird because it kind of there was hopefulness, I guess. And it was important for me because those were where I put in to quit my job. So, yeah, yeah. it was cool. <laughs> I'm sure you I'm sure you enjoyed it as well. Uh, it might come up later. Yes. Possibly. Uh, number 16, I don't know. Kelly. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the documentary by dave grohl sound city from 2013 mm. i wrote that at length but yeah it was just it's always neat to see 
the stories behind certain albums and watching creators collaborate that that documentary was especially good because it wasn't just the story of sound city the recording studio but then also the second piece of it or like the b story of it was um dave Roll making that album basically kind of showing the piece that like watching him record with paul mccartney in that new well his studio but with the soundboard from sound city and then watching him right. and Trent Reznor and josh Ami play a song together just like ah it's incredible yeah. so it was very cool and i'm glad i watched it so what's yeah. your number 16 daniel 16 for me is the first album that came out after I left uh, to go to South Dakota. Uh, Kevin Morby, who I spent a lot of quarantine, like right when it started, watching him and his girlfriend, who may or may not come up later, um, play songs every single, I want to say Tuesday or Thursday, one of the dates. And they would just come on live and play for like an hour and a half or two hours and just take requests and do whatever. And it was really cool. And then he put out a new record. I had listened to him a little bit before, but I really became a fan during this time. He put out a new record called Sundowner, Kevin Morby Sundowner. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, the song Sundowner itself is beautiful. Campfire is beautiful. Uh, don't underestimate Midwest American Sun. It's a great driving album, especially if you're in like the High Plains or something like that. It feels good. He's from Kansas, so if, I don't know. It feels very Kansas-y to me. So thoroughly enjoy it. Kelly, number 15 for you. Brother Minor. Who I forgot about. It's really huh. nice to have all the stuff written down. Thanks, Daniel. Because yeah, I was totally. like, who even is this? But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that's the guy that was doing all the fun ambient beat stuff uh, with like the weird song titles, like Celebrity Goes and Does a Thing. And I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Very fun. Right, 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 right. Now I'm remembering. Yeah, yeah because one of the songs that, well, the, the whole thing was we discovered him, or I discovered him like by finding a song for our playlist. And it was like, Keanu Reeves goes and gets a bagel at whatever, whatever yeah. the song was. And I was just like, this is great. This is amazing. But yeah, both of his albums. I think he might. He has two or three. I think it's two. But yeah, great. Brother Minor. Check him out. Number 15 for me is uh, I didn't watch any TV this year again. Uh, someday I'll have some good TV wrecks. I made it halfway through Plot, Plot Against America. I haven't watched season 10 of Taskmaster, even though I downloaded it. But I did watch a lot of I did watch a lot of YouTube. So I'm not going to leave everything on YouTube, but if anybody's interested, they'll be in my thing. But some of my favorite channels that I found this year, I don't really like true crime that much, but I did start watching a, a thing called That Chapter for true crime. I really enjoy him, and I've watched the all of it, every single video that that, that guy's put out because it's it's amazing. And then a couple of good ones. Um, Nexpo is like a does a lot of creepy stuff. I know Stacia oh, watches yeah, Nexpo. Watching Nexpo yeah. yeah, and Nexpo is really cool. So he, he dives into like darker internet things and it's really well done really really well done and really creepy um and then there's a lot of just i i enjoy my old favorites um contrapoints is still great philosophy tube is still great folding ideas is still great uh, Lindsay ellis is still great um but yeah i like a lot of commentary channels because i don't really like live out in the world so it's kind of fun to like get like media news and stuff like that from people that are just sort of commenting on it and like talking about stuff that i would never ever think about um, is kind of the yeah. best part about YouTube for me. So I definitely recommend that. And uh, I'll leave some some stuff in, in the bio for kind of all the channels that I like. But, I mean, John Boyce, who we've talked about on here before uh, over at uh, SB Nation and, and Secret Base, um, they did a five-hour documentary on the Seattle Mariners and just how weird that team is. Like, it's just a weird f- franchise. And they're like, hey, the Seattle Mariners, aren't they weird? Let's do five and a half hours of it. And it's incredible. Like, it's just absolutely one of the best things you'll see and it's just on youtube yeah how is this legal that's what i want to know yeah so anyways well i'm gonna i'm gonna tack on a recommendation that wasn't on my little list uh defunct land was a youtube is a youtube channel that that i love this year and 
uh, same thing. He made an hour and a half, almost two hour legit documentary about uh, a, a fake band. I mean, a real band, people really playing the instruments, but uh, made at Disneyland yeah. uh, called Halix that only existed in the 80s at Club Disney or something in uh, in Disneyland in, in California. And it was a sci-fi themed rock band. So this guy's playing the bass in a fucking giant Yeti costume. It's incredible. Yeah. Like it's, it, and, and, it was beautiful. He got the original people. Like it's a legit, perfectly filmed documentary on YouTube for free for everybody. For free. It's fantastic. Defunct Lane. Great. Anyway, sorry Defunct for Lane. co-opting your recommendation. No, no, no. But... That's great. I mean, there's so much stuff. So we'll put all that on there. Number fourteen, Kelly. Yeah, Phoebe Bridgers, man, Punisher. Punisher. That was one of the albums that I listened to even during the delicate. I might have feelings. Uh huh. Phase and and I did have a little feelings and it was. <sighs> fantastic and i almost forgot about like i know like her name and i remember listening to the album but like i put my favorite song dvd menu which is like a non-song i'm sure everybody just like skips that because it's not really a song but that's my favorite song in the album and i put it on another playlist that i happened to pop on and i was like what is this because i wasn't looking at my phone I was like this is incredible and uh yeah it was this i was like oh yeah <laughs> fantastic and i'm like one day I'm going to loop that and like add some guitar over it and some stuff and 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 it's going to be fantastic. That's for a future okay. future time, but uh yeah, I and I remember Halloween, I think is one of the tracks that being like one of my favorite ones. Yeah, um yeah. Anyway, great album, Punisher. Great As, album. Says everyone. <laughs> says everyone. Definitely one of those <laughs> yeah. one of those that everyone is just in love with. Uh 14 for me is a band that we saw with Pup, Beach Bunny, Honeymoon. Um mm-hmm. So good, um, you know, getting a lot of love too. I this is, I think I saw them in like the New York Times, pl- you know, put them at like oh, no some shit. list. Wow. Yeah, like they're definitely getting love too, and uh, they should because it's like really, really poppy, really catchy, and it's a short record too. I love short records. Um, so yeah, I mean, Beach Bunny, Honeymoon, they were great live, and this album is just so good, top to bottom. Every song is just really, really great. So. See, third- this is why I'm no. so apeshit over opening bands because I'm always like, don't worry, one day this is going to be some hipster clout, and I cannot wait to say I saw that them was... open for whatever, whatever. Well, yeah, Beach, Beach Bunny then, they only had a bunch of VPs. So, you know, they were basically putting out like singles and that kind of stuff. And it was like, what is this band? And then they just put out a whole record of brand new stuff, and it's uh, fucking great. So, number 14 for me. Yeah. Kelly, 13 for you. Uh, another shocker. Uh, lo-fi ambient hip-hop type of thing. Teebs, his whole catalog. I think he's got four albums. Yeah, just T-E-E-B-S. Um, not a whole lot to say. Just fun stuff to make you not have feelings. Just nice beats and jams so that you don't have to think. Yay! <laughs> Before we had ambient hip-hop, we had my number 13. Uh, just Motown singles, man. Just sim- simple, poppy, catchy songs. Two minutes, you're in, you're out, you're faded out, oh, yeah. you're done. Oh, yeah. um, so I I ended up listening to, uh, looking back at my last FM, I listened to 1963 to 1972. So I think it started in 1960 is when the collections, you can go listen to every Motown single, and I listened to everything. So it ended up being, by my count, 1,544 songs, oh, which God. is roughly about 7% of my entire listening of this year, uh, was just the Motown singles. Uh, and it was great. I mean, talked about it. It's one of the cool, I'm glad I did it. It's like jazz last year, listening to all this crazy jazz. This was one of those projects before COVID even started. So I'm glad I like stuck it through and I'm glad I like just listened to the shit out of it. But I treated it the same way I treat like jazz or, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of, you put it on, 
you're just kind of doing other stuff and it just kind of it's nice it washes over you and we have a couple motown stuff on our playlist too uh at the end uh of this of our christmas playlist as well kelly number 12 for you uh insecure season four i think it is yeah the most recent season that came out in april i watched the first two seasons uh back to back i think because they yeah or just the first season anyway but i kind of fell off because i just forgot it was a show because i'm too busy watching shows i've already seen um yeah but it's great it's still so consistently good and uh i mean it's so short i think it's only like 10 episodes a season and it's you know hbo quality fantastic quality. uh but it was really good i mean i i mean Issa ray is just a, a great writer and actress and it's just very compelling and it it's just one of those shows you know because like a slice of life thing but it just makes you feel better because it's like other people other people got problems too man I know, it's so relatable I know. Yeah, yeah anyway. I watched like halfway through season one. Hopefully I'll pick it up at some point. Who knows? Definitely uh, worth tw- it. Yeah, 12 for me was uh, Dolly Parton, just the entire existence of Dolly Parton. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I ended up by by my count 20. I listened to 20 records starting with Hello, I'm Dolly, uh, going all the way to 1979's Great Balls of Fire. So I'll probably pick up hopefully next year with the rest of Dolly's oeuvre. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was a fucking great. I mean, I like Dolly Parton in general as a concept. But I'm glad to say now I'm like, okay, I really I get it. I get why she's great. Uh, And then she's still around. So she released this year a a Holly Dolly Christmas or whatever. Dolly Christmas uh, Christmas album with like lots of people on it. Everybody seems to love it. Me and grandma listened to it. It was great. Grandma wanted to watch. She had a CBS special the other week as well. So we watched that. She played us a couple songs. Oh, I watched songs. her one from last year with my mom. Or the year before with my mom, yeah. Yeah, and it could be the same. Cause I, think, I think it's Dakota Many Colors. I, she's kind of telling the story about her childhood oh, and yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've seen that. Uh-huh. I, I think, uh, but, but it was definitely this year because she was talking about COVID and everything. So I think she's oh, okay. doing a new version of that same one um, because it seems very put together. They know exactly what they're doing, and it was fantastic. Unfortunately... Uh, it wasn't on when we were in our Dolly Parton mood, which was my grandma like wanting to do something with Dolly Parton. So unfortunately, we watched her Netflix special, Christmas on the Square, um, the movie. And wow. I've got to say, it's one of the most batshit insane things I've ever watched. And I've watched <laughs> Netflix movies. I've watched them all. The Christmas Prince, The Christmas Switch, The Christmas Switched Again, all that kind of stuff. All of those Netflix movies I've unfortunately seen now wow. with Grandma, with Rebecca. But I will say Christmas in the Square, this is Dolly Parton's, is particularly insane because they, they sing a lot, which is pretty fun. But it is also like... One person owns this town and every person, business and entity inside of it. And she wants to sell it so that a mall could be set up. But it's like if there's no one living there, how how is the mall going to work? And how do you own everybody? It's so bad and baffling. And it's it's just absolutely batshit insane. So anyways, unfortunately, we watched that. But I I did love her special and I loved I love Dolly Parton. So who doesn't love Dolly? And she just gives money out to the right right things. And she says the right shit and and believes it from her heart. And she is fantastic. Well, that is incredible. Did you watch on the subject? Yeah. Did you watch Jingle Jangle? That's the one with. I saw it on there. I think that was on our it list. It has Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key, that's it. For... Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. No, we watched the trailer for it. I was like, God damn it, you're making me watch fucking Christmas Prince in the night before Christmas or whatever. All these fucking, like, I want to watch Jingle Jangle. That was the one yeah. I was like, that's probably, it's probably bad, but I'm like, that's kind of what I, was it good? It's terrible, man. Uh, see, that's what it's I mean. It's terrible. And I know it's going to be terrible. I get it. They all suck. But like, 
At least I would probably enjoy that. Uh, have you seen the Christmas Prince and the Christmas Switch? Have you watched those? No, absolutely not. Well, I'm just, I mean, dude, I, people get into this fucking weird mood where they're, I didn't realize I they want their Hallmark shit and like Netflix is really going for that. And I will yeah, say they're yeah. all fucking insane movies. And to their credit, all these Netflix ones are fucking MCUs. They all share the same universe. So like the no prince, shit, really? the prince in one of those shows up at the wedding of another. Uh, they constantly no! reference one another. Yeah, it's fucking weird. That's smart. That's really it smart. It is smart, but, but it's also, yeah, fucking terrible. weird. And they've been playing this game now. They've been playing this game now since 2017. So they are rolling on this. It's wild. I had no idea. I know. And I wish I didn't know. Unfortunately. Hallmark Christmas movies are real, man. I never got into them, but they are real. And people take their same story of big city girl comes back to the homeland to see her neighbor boy who she loved as a kid, but they never got together. And now he's a handsome veterinarian slash carpenter slash handyman. And (laughs) they just fall in love. And it's a Christmas miracle. And she decides she can leave the big city behind it and behind. it's the same one every uh-huh. time and yet they do it they crank them out and people need it they need it yeah uh well just while we're on the side before we get jingle jangle was a bummer because it's beautiful it is it looked be- cool beautiful the, aesthetically incredible the costuming the money they must have spent on this movie force would occur alone i mean it sounds like it's gonna be amazing but one it's a musical I know. Wah, wah. the story's terrible you can't care about any of the characters because they don't let you know anything about them it doesn't make any sense and uh yeah they it's like they could not figure out the humor they wanted to do like they they just didn't use it at all and then when they did it was like a fart joke that didn't land and then it was like really weird they didn't know who the audience was they didn't know who their characters (laughs) were but it looks beautiful and it was two hours long jesus christ which what are you fucking doing this is clearly a children's movie Hour 20. Hour 20. Hour Got 20. it off. No reason. Yeah. And with the lack of plot, we could have made it 15. I just like, I don't understand. I don't understand. We just want anyway, to see Forrest. Sorry. We wow. just want to see Forrest. Jingle, jingle. Yeah. Honestly. God damn. Anyway. Number, number 11. Number That's 11, Kelly, for you. What do we got? Midsummer. Midsummer. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Which you got to pair uh, with that, Wicker again, Man. It's like fine wine. You got to. <laughs> That's your, your <laughs> dessert is Wicker Man. The meal is Midsummer. That's right. That's right. We did get to watch Wicker Man as a reward for watching <laughs> Midsummer. Well, Midsummer's uh, a good was, movie. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But it like it's a lot. Like it's intense. It's very it's intense. Very intense. It's pretty gruesome and and uh, but also beautiful. Um, it just, in the way that Jingle Jangle is beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> a sentence that no one's ever said. Jingle Jangle. Yes, it reminds me of Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> um uh but yeah it, gorgeous just really obviously freaky and gruesome yeah. but i'm glad we watched it and again you know like just being on the trip and watching it with kendra and everybody and it was it was neat it was good i would recommend it as if again it's another thing where it's like phoebe bridgers <laughs> guys have you heard of her she's good i know hey, midsummer you know like, one of the most <laughs> uh, yeah for yeah. a couple years ago anyway uh 11 what's your number 11, 11 for me is uh, a little band called the deftones uh, I, I listened to a podcast oh, called shit. Hole in the Earth. I don't know if you know those okay. guys, but yeah, it's pretty good. No, again, only listen to Dumb Gay well, Politics. Yes. I don't know any other So podcasts. there's a podcast called Hole in the Earth, episode 26 in particular, I loved. But the others are probably Great. okay. Uh, yeah, no, uh, listen to Deftones <laughs> and Ohms came out this year, which was unexpected. And, and that was fantastic. I've listened to that a couple times. So it's been fun to listen to Deftones, a band I never thought I would ever listen to or, or like. And I don't know if they're like completely my jam, but 
I do I do have a respect for them that I just never had before, for sure, because I just thought they were something else. Well, I I appreciate that you took the time to listen to them, and I'm glad that you found some stuff in there that yes. you liked, because obviously they're a very like, favorite band of mine. So even though I bet you listen to Ohms good, 16 more times than I did, even if you only listened to it three, because I only listened to it oh. once all the way through, because again, feelings. Feelings, yes. Well, that's going to be a problem. So, well, we'll pick up Kelly uh, our top ten after we get done with. Uh, the reason why we have a podcast, which is Bob Dylan. I keep asking you that make you live in the past. But I can count on you to tell me the truth when you've been drinking and you're wearing a mask. Baby, it's Halloween. And we can be Welcome to part three. Transition. This is where we talk about our rankings for this season. But before Yay. we get there, before we get there, a couple facts. First episode of this season was New Morning, which aired on February 3rd, 2020 in the before times. Our last episode, episode 120, Life is Hard, just a few weeks ago. Uh, a difference between those two. Uh, New Morning came out on October 19th, 1970. Life is Hard came out April 28th, 2009. That's 14,071 days difference between those two songs. That's 38 years, six months, and nine days. Roughly how long 2020's been. <laughs> uh, so many jokes. I see what you did there. April Fools, we did uh, Deftones this year. Episode 26, Pink Maggot. Fantastic. The longest episode this year was Sweetheart Like You. Almost two hours, one hour and 51 minutes long. Next behind that was She's Your Lover Now, which was an hour and 25 minutes. But this year we did talk about how we were doing longer episodes. So uh, lots of them. Self-Portrait, Shot of Love, obviously our albums, but also Love Minus Zero, which actually came in at one hour and 19 minutes. Uh, but Only a Hobo, Dink Song, Pretty Sarah, Rainy Day Women all break over the hour 20 minute mark. So we did a lot of long episodes this year. The shortest ones on I probably on purpose are our first one, New Morning, which was 48 minutes long back when we were babies and 2020 was bright and sunshiny. And uh, the last episodes we did, uh, You're No Good was our shortest after that at 52 minutes. But our last three were all 53, 54 minutes, respectively. So, you know, we were definitely done by that point. Uh, our most listened to episodes are Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35 was our number one. Uh, Sweetheart Like You was number two. And then Shot of Love. So I don't know if it was the length or if it was the topic, which is kind of weird. I Like I said, I knew Rainy Day Women, one of his biggest songs, is going to be one of our most listened to. Because our most least listened to songs were Thunder on the Mountain by far. I don't know what happened with Thunder on the Mountain. And Trust Yourself, which is probably our, you know, we hate it, but we, we laugh about it. But it was like, but it was the pre-COVID. I mean, that was literally the day it happened we were doing it you know we'll never forget it you'll never forget it because of trust yourself what you had to do to your soul for that song yeah no one cared so it was one of our most least listened to episodes everyone was worried about the COVID makes it feel worth it in the end for sure I've been keeping track of when we got new mics as we kept getting new mics uh, over the years but we didn't get new mics this year Uh, we did soundproof everything before the season and this is our first remote episode we've ever done. So I'm going to note that down for next year uh, as kind of the first 
for you know our new technology um total hours recorded though we've taken a significant drop so season one we were working with you know 33 hours just of episodes plus 14 hours for mixed up confusions (laughs) two hours for supplementals uh last year we did last year we did 28.6 hours right total uh, that's including, I think we had one mixed up maybe, and we had one uh, April Fool's, and not including year-end stuff. This this year we did 27.32 hours total. So we almost nice. got there with way less episodes, 10 less episodes. So f- season one total, every episode we recorded, we did 64 episodes that year, year one. Year two total, we did 50 episodes. So 35 regular, 14 mixed up, you know. Uh, 32 last year and 22 this year uh that includes yeah. our our rough and rowdy ways first listen which i guess you could say is a mixed up confusion and our april fool so those were our only two outside of the thing that we did so 22 episodes total so we're on a arc here that's basically saying we're going to do like eight next year so we'll see how it goes it sounds great and by <laughs> and by the decade i love how you get a brand new podcast room and you're like yeah just we'll do eight we'll just fucking do eight of them <laughs> Uh, speaking of eight, uh, breaking it down by the decade, uh, the 60s obviously are going to kind of be pretty ubiquitous, but we had eight songs from the 1960s, four songs from the 70s, three from the 80s, two from the 2000s, and only one from the 1990s, TV talking song, and none from the 2010s. So no Tempest uh, and, and no, obviously, Rough and Rowdy Ways. Um, so instead of going through our rankings, you know, normally what I do is is go through our differential. So I, I have both lists in front of me, our top songs. We have 18 songs total, two albums. Uh, so we'll do the albums after, but we'll do the songs first. Instead of going through the list in full, I'm going to do the differentials between us. So like before, I've I've done the math. I've broken it down just like you do the math. I did the math. So we're going to go through each song based upon how different it is from each other's list. And we'll kind of talk about the song. Now, just to clue everybody in listening who's not listened before or has forgotten, Kelly does this very scientifically. So she ranks it five different ways, right? My science goes as follow. How much I like the song? Just off the bat, do I like this? Did I have a good time listening to it? Yes, I do. I do like it. Uh, Level of boredom or slogginess. So we're talking if it's repetitive, uh, if I can't wait for it to be over. uh, Length definitely plays a piece in that for sure. Uh, lyrical content, so like, do I enjoy the the poetry and, and lyrics, or are they just like completely garbage? Like, are they bad in the face of them? Like, sex is terrible, awful, uh, or are they just like about nothing? You know, is there no real content here? Right. Um, is my life better having listened to the song? Meaning, did I learn something valuable? Right. Like, was this song monumental and that it changed my like? Oh, that's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Or we got to the episode was so fun to do. We learned a lot of stuff during it. Um, so there's a lot of context for that one. And, and um, rage feelings towards Bob Dylan. So that's a little bit of a piggyback off of how much I like this song. Um, it's mostly like, how dare you make me listen to right. this um, on a scale from one to ten. Like so meaning uh, a one is how dare you. And then a ten is, no, this is great. I'm glad you yeah. made it. Thanks. So Bob. we're, we're so, it, so yeah. some of these are inverted to get the point. So the higher the point totals, the better they are. Right. So the slogginess one, you want to be a one, not a 10. 10 is bad. 
No, yeah, ten. No, opposite. opposite. Ten. Ten you means you always want to be ten. You always want to be ten. So ten is the least loggy. Right. One is the most loggy. Yeah. Right. So that'll bring your points right. down. So we're gonna go through. Uh, I've, I've put all the factors, the major factors for how sloggy our season was, how lyrically intense it was inside of all of these. So we're gonna go through them. So we're gonna start with the first section, which is not a whole lot of difference between you and I. So this is a negative one or a plus one difference. So I always use my list as a base. So you're going to be, so wherever I am, it's going to be wherever Kelly is in relation to me. So this one, I'm one above you for these. Number one is going to be thunder on the mountain. I put this at number eight. You put this at number nine. Trust yourself was another one. We're only one off. I put it at number 15. You put it at number 16. You said this was one of the sloggiest songs that we have. You do not like this song at all. Your rage was at its height. This is one of your least favorite songs, as you can tell by the 16. Um, you said uh, in your little uh, comments in your in your on your scientific paper, you said trauma. I am triggered re-listening to this. <laughs> Always check time beats. <laughs> Invaluable lesson. Yeah. yeah, and that about sums it up. The the song is not great on no. the face of it. Like it's just boring. It is, uh, and the lyrical content's not there. But yeah, the the rage, the absolute. Rage. Utter you were so rage mad. And you were so mad. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't remove it. I can't divorce it from the song you know what? anymore. So it's forever. And I, I would say too, just like based on the the first feelings of COVID, I don't think it was just COVID you were feeling. I think you were also feeling trust yourself. I don't think you really separated those two feelings uh, for a little while. I think you were probably in a oh, lot no. more pain than a lot of other people. So, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Uh, and then the the, the last Definitely. one where I'm one above you is TV Talking Song. I had it at number 16. You had it at number 17. Uh, plus one, so this is uh, where you have one above me. You chose Eternal Circle. You said classic Bob and guitar. Who is she? Um, you had no rage during this song, so you were just at your most your most chill. Uh, you, I put this at number seven. You put it at number six. So very close. Uh, Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. I put it at number 12. You put it at number 11. Um, you said you call this a drunk circus and you, you loved it. You didn't like the, uh, the blues rock, but you liked the original. Yeah. And then, uh, three angels, uh, one that I really didn't think either of us would really like. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not very high on our yeah. list, but I put it at 13. <laughs> you put it at 12. So very close guitar, uh, the guitar, the harp, you know, weird, all that kind of stuff. This is now two above. So I'm two above you with new morning. I put it at number five. You put it at number seven. You said that this was cute and bouncy. Basic AF, but I'm into it. Just rabbit d- running down the road. You also had no rage during this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I put it at five. You put it at seven. And then t- this, this is one where you're two above me. Uh, Dink Song, which is your number one song of the year, um, is my number three. Uh, you call it a little bit repetitive, but it's so good. And he didn't change it from man to woman, so he kept the way it, it should have been. Um, and I think you you enjoy that. You also had no rage on this one as well. It's so good because like we listened to so many like that's why this one ended up being so high is because like not only did I really enjoy the song after the fact like even though it's a cover he did change it more than any of the other covers that we listened to because it has the most amount of movement. He took it down to it like two long. Um, and, and I just had so much fun listening to all the covers and like learning about the song itself and just like the story of that that woman who um, worked in one of the or lived in one of the camps that her husband worked at right. um, something on the, either on the railroad or something. I can't remember. But like, no, know, it, was, it was just uh, like the levy at the levees. Yeah, with the levy. Right. Yeah. So it's just like all the all of that combined. Really, I just like, yeah. really, really enjoyed it. So that was a great episode. Uh, and I tried to fun. learn how to play it. Well, that was fun, too. Anytime I like 
want to play the song. So, yeah, it was great. And if you haven't gone back to listen to these, Kelly plays on most of these songs. So you can go back and listen to her play them. And we'll probably put, the, put it more professionally <laughs> at some later point when we have more time and a more ability. But right now we're just hanging out. We're just playing music. And that's the way it is. So two more that you're above me. Most likely you'll go your way. I'll go mine. I put it at number six. You put it at number four. Um, you said the Before the Flood version definitely cuts out any of the slog factor. So you enjoyed the Before yeah. the... Yeah, cause it definitely speeds it up. But I would argue... The original is really great. And you said lyrically, number nine. So this is a high one, lyrically, for you. I think we had a lot of fun talking about that one. Mainly because we've talked a lot about Blonde on Blonde, so. Yeah. And I just, like, anytime that um, he goes into poetry mode where you can really make a lot of different interpretations is always... Good. This is, yeah, that's fun. And I think that we can always relate to, like, a, a, an introspective breakup song. It's good. I like it. Yes. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> henceforth (laughs) (laughs) and then finally only a hobo i had it at number 10 you had it at number eight um you said the bootleg series one was a little boring but uh another self-portrait with the banjo and the harmonizing was great and i agree i remember we we talked about that and i want to say anybody out there thinking man this podcast is really useless guess what i learned from that podcast that white snake used to say the word hobo and i use that information at my parents house and i told everybody that when it came on and it was actually the version that that alexa played was like a hobo i was born to walk up yeah and everyone was like oh yeah this is different and i was like listen guys let me tell you an anecdote so the next time when someone says this podcast doesn't mean anything just remember white snake drifter hobo gate boom exactly (laughs) and who blew the, the doors wide open on that we did right here and then that's and then plus three where you're three above me uh, you put Life is Hard at number 15. I put it last at number 18. It was definitely my most infuriating episode. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know why, but I just hated it. And you're, you summed it up perfectly. Everyone's sad and bored now. And it's one of your sloggiest, <laughs> one of your sloggiest songs yeah. as well. We only uh, matched together one time, and that was for number two which was The Great Love Minus Zero, No Limit. We both picked it number two. Dink Song for You was number one. Um, you you enjoyed it. Now, we talked a lot in that episode about, you know, possible sexism, patronizing bits, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So definitely go listen to that because you can't really encompass it here on this. Uh, but the harmonica was great. The song is a classic one. You liked it number 10, lyrics number 10, all of that. It's definitely both of our favorite. Number two, I mean, it's a great song. Yeah, it's... I, I heard this because Kebu... I, I don't know if it's like an annual thing that they do every year on his birthday or what, but they had like a little Bob Dylan block early in the morning and uh, this was on there. And I was like, oh, oh, I heard about Dylan's song in the wild by accident and it was really good. And I'm really excited to, to get that song. And then so it was cool that we, we did, got yeah. to hear that this year. And it is very good. And it's very easy to play, which is always fun because it's only like three chords. Play, you say? Yeah. Oh, do you want to you hear me try to play it? I didn't do a very good job uh, of... Of learning it because I tried to learn it in five minutes last night, but we'll see. Well, this is about this is about the bit. This is about right five minutes before try to learn it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We would expect nothing less gotta, here. That's um, not in the window. Consult the Almighty Dylan chords yes. real quick because I think it's just C D minor F and G. But and also he ha- okay supposedly according to Dylan chords, which I can't say that isn't right because this dude knows his stuff. Iolf Ostrom. Ostrom, he says that Bob has his guitar tuned in drop C, which is pretty 
funny. So this is not going to sound right. <laughs> well, after five minutes, uh, I yeah, don't think it's going to sound right. with a anyway with a capo on the fourth fret. But just for anyone who was like, oh yeah, I like to play guitar. Let me try to learn that song real quick. Supposedly it's in drop C, so your low E string is all the way down to C, and then there's supposed to be a capo on the fourth okay. fret. All that to say, I'm going to blame that for this not sounding very good, but it's really just because I can't play it very good. Well, we're okay. excited. Uh, number two, number two for the year for both of us, Love Minus Zero, No Limit by Kelly. I cannot sing and play the guitar here, but uh, she sings like silence. I already forgot the rhythm and how the chords go. <laughs> yeah, brain immediately shuts off. You got to practice, Kelly. You got to practice the singing. I know. That's what they say. They say you got to practice, and I just don't believe it. You, you probably still practice all the time. I know you own a home now. But I imagine you probably still yeah. practice. So it's definitely slipped, which yeah. is a bummer. Um, I def like before it was every day, yeah. no matter what, and now I've gone a couple of days here and there without playing, just because. Yeah, man, only how sucks. There's so much to do all the yeah, time. Yeah, you should probably just give it up. Mm-hmm. I should. I will. What? No, give up the guitar? No, give up owning a house. Oh, yes. Yeah. Pick up the okay. guitar full time. Right. Quit the house. Right. Simple. Easy. Yes. All right, Kelly, now on the back half where things get a little more interesting, these are where we're pretty far apart. So we're going to start slow uh, with four apart. So I'm four above you with Baby Stop Crying. This is your last song, number 18 for you, number 14 for me. So certainly not a love, not a love for me. But this was another one that you labeled as trauma, backup singers, lyrics, everything. But I learned some stuff. Yeah. The, yeah, so because that was, um, you know, that was from the amazing after show podcast for right. Game of Thrones that we tried to do for that one season. Uh, and all I had to work with was your little baby yeah. stop crying, stop, stop crying yeah. clip. And I never tried to manipulate a, a clip right. into a song before like that. So not only did I make the entire track, which was, I think, maybe the first time that I tried to do a Bob Dylan song yeah. uh, on my own. Because, um, I mean, obviously I've done our, our theme song, but that's only like 20 seconds right. of it. And it, it's still not great. But um, uh, doing the whole song and then adding your vocals into it was a really, really great learning experience. Remix for Randall Tarley and Dick On. Go down to the river, babe. Randall, I will meet you there. 
down to the river, babe. Dickon, I will pay your fare. Baby, please stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying. Baby, please stop, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying. Baby, please stop frying, cause you know, and I know. That heart's bane was never sought. So baby, please stop frying, cause it's tearing up my blood. Wow. However, that did mean I listened to this song so many times, and this song is already not good to begin with, so yeah, no. I- yeah, no, it's fair. It was your number one sloggiest, <laughs> least liked, least lyric, most rage. But you'll learn something. Yep, that sounds about right. So, so yeah, then uh, two, two, two more uh, that were six above. So you're six above me in terms of rankings for these ones. You're no good. You put it at number three. This is episode 119. You put it at number three. I put it at number nine. Um, I don't know if it's just that it's a newer song or it, because it's so short, but you loved it. You had Lee Slog for sure on this one because it's under two minutes mm-hmm. and it was just a banger. Yeah, I think it's a minute yeah. and a half long. Yeah, and it's a banger. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it. But yeah, you definitely, you put it way up. So you really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, for me, it was number nine. And then Series of Dreams, you put it at number five. I put it at number 11. Uh, you said it was fine. It was fun to see Bob do you too. Um, but the recording was the best. I assume by the recording is the best, you meant us recording with Kendra and John. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, That's what and, I meant. Just, it was really, really fun to to do that, to, to play with, I, that's something I learned, and I and I've like heard people say that before, but like you'll never learn more than playing with other musicians. And like, you know, John's not a professional musician. I'm clearly not a professional musician, but he definitely knows how to play the piano enough and plays how the guitar right. enough uh, that it was just so cool to play with somebody else. And like, even them was always a blast anyway. There's nothing that would pass inspection. Just the really great memory so that song is inextricably linked to that moment so it's always going to be higher than lower for yeah me. i mean because you do it scientifically as well it, it definitely works for me i i didn't take that into account when i put it at number 11 for me that's just the song but the recording experience fuck yeah i mean that that and you know a sweetheart like you are two of the best the best times we've ever had i mean we're just sitting outside enjoying the weather just hanging out with our friends that was amazing and that was once in a yeah maybe lifetime experience just to have everybody there at the same time especially back there so yeah in terms of the recording one of the best but in terms of the song it's kind of a little it's whatever Anyways, um, you're seven above me with Pretty Sarah. You put it at number 10. I put it at number 17. 
Um, it's a great song, but it's but it's a cover, right? So like I always kind of tend right. to bring the covers down, except for Dink's song, which is so good and so different. Uh, but Pretty Sarah, it's kind of like ah, I've I've heard this before. It's okay, but we I had a good time recording it, and we got to watch the video for that too, which was pretty great. Um, and you said, yeah, nice acoustic cover. I like all the lesbian covers we listen to. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was it. That was like another thing where I just oh, I is my life better having listened to the yeah, song? Yeah. yeah, because I got to learn like hear all those other versions of it. Um, and like anytime there's a fucking lesbian out to see ballad when will my love return fucking fantastic so yeah definitely awesome and then we diverge a little bit here so i'm 10 above you with damn you can keep this on right here yeah because sweetheart like you sweetheart like you so you put this at number 14 i put it at number four uh another trauma i love your i'm gonna quote unquote here trauma another trauma sweet daddy sweet daddy but also sweet hat so torn, so fun to record. And I think that's, I think the recording for me is so linked with Sweetheart Like You because we didn't play on that one, but we had a, so much fun recording that. That was like the pinnacle because we had already done it once before, so we understood how to do it, and it was just so right. much more fun to do that second time. And we had so much to talk about. That's why I had to put it so much higher because you put the lyrics for this as a one. And I know it's the Sweet Daddy thing, and it's all, but we had so much to talk about. We had a great time talking. So I disagree with your one, but science, I understand. Um, <laughs> and you said that life is better. We haven't talked about the life is better one, but the life is better. You said tr- your top life is better are trust yourself, Dink song, a series of dreams and this um, yeah. because of, you got to do it. But you didn't put baby stop crying. So I'm pretty mad about that. Should have been on there. <laughs> you got to get because that's the only place the bad songs can get a little bit of love is like when right, you're doing right, something right. with them. But yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, you you learned a lot with that. And speaking of learning a lot, we were going to play for Sweetheart Like You, but I think we got too drunk on Bob Dylan's whiskey. So yeah. that's his fault. And then we were like, we're going to watch a movie. And then we watched like half the movie. Uh, you learned the solo. We would have we would have showcased this solo while we were playing if we just kept playing. But we ran out of daylight. We were hanging out. But you have your guitar in front of you right now. So why don't you give us some of the solo? I know it's on an acoustic. Yeah, the acoustic version of the Mark Knopfler possibly solo uh, from Sweetheart Like You. Yeah, let's see. Fucking awesome. <laughs> everyone everyone was doubting you with your love minus zero. They're like, eh, I can kind of hear it, but that was fucking awesome. <laughs> Yay! That sounded right, that sounded well, it. That was great. So that was fantastic. So that was thanks. Sweetheart Like You. Uh you put it at number 14. I put it at number four. And then finally, we haven't even gotten to my number one. We're 12 off on this, Kelly. You put my Jesus. number one at number 13. She's your lover now is my number one, number 13 for you. Damn. You said 
quote unquote, too much going on, sounds bad, barely held together, slowed down versions are better. Now, we did listen to a ton of this from the cutting edge. So there is that, which can kind of slog it up a little bit, you know? This kind of had middle marks for you across the board. Like, you didn't hate it, but you didn't love it. So this was one of those classic, like, you know, scientifically, if I'm looking at the math, it's just right in the middle. But 13 is pretty yeah, damning. Yeah, I think it's it's just like such a cacophony in the studio, and it just feels like a complete song. It I mean, it's not. Like, yeah, and that's the thing. I So it's yeah. hard for me to judge it, and it just, like, sometimes when I feel like he gets into, like, lauded artist entitlement mode where it's like, I'm going to just command the studio right now. Fuck all of you. Keep up or don't. Like, when he gets a little pedestal a high horsey, I should say. And I feel like this really showcases that kind of attitude of his. And I know that he just, because he has an idea in his head and he's struggling to express it to someone else. And like, yeah, trust me, I have a huge problem communicating because <laughs> I'm like, just do it this way. Uh, and you just get frustrated and jammed up. Um, but it doesn't come off right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just think that like that really struck me re-listening to it. And I was probably kinder on the day too, but just like, trying to rank these, like re-listening to all the songs and ranking mm-hmm. them, I was just like, oh, God, this is so noisy. It feels like six songs are happening at once, and it's just yeah. not not polished, not finished. Um, and I couldn't remember. I know there was one song this year where there was a piano take that was just him and a piano, and I couldn't remember if it was this one or one of the other ones, where like he had uh, done it so many times in the studio, he was like, fuck, just, this is how it's supposed to sound. No, it is this one. Now you stand here saying is there anything I got left to say and you I see you're still with her well that's fine but she's coming on so strange can't you tell I tried to yeah. find it online and it just now occurred to me no. that it's probably in our Dropbox. No. Well, and that's all gone now too. So that's kind of the okay. bummer of this because I take them off. But yeah. No, 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 no you no, are. So that's how we know all the lyrics. So for years, it, you know, the original one on the movie series. There's a whole extra verse at the end, right? Yeah. Right. And so we only know about it because of that piano version. So, but yeah. Anyways, I think the song is masterful. I think it's one of those because it's right before we go into Blonde on Blonde. Blonde, on Blonde. So we're like in this mode where I'm like really riffing off this stuff. Every one of these ideas becomes the basis of Blonde on Blonde. Without this crazy day, I don't think we have a lot of Blonde on Blonde. So, so many little motifs and things, including most likely your go your way. Um, one of us must know sooner or later. Like, you know, we talked about it on the episode. So go listen to that. That's my number one. That's your number 13. However, Kelly, I would like to know this whole overall vibe. And so far, there's only one perfect song so far, and that's Girl from the North Country. Uh, Rolling Stone was pretty close last year. This year, though, there's not a lot of things close to 50. Dink's song is at 43 total, and Love Minus Zero is 41. I don't know when it all shakes out. I wonder if they'll even be in the top 10 or top 20, you know? know. Because 43, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of 43s, a lot of 44s, a lot of 45s down the road. 
but I just wonder if this is going to get pushed down or where it's going to be. So I, I definitely want to keep up with this. And I think I'm going to start trying to do your math and make it more kind of keep a log of it all here, too, because I'm kind of curious, you know, because I like your rankings. They're wild and scientific. Since we did Girl from the North Country a many million years ago, I'm going to play that song, too, because I never played it on the podcast. Yay! Yeah. Well, this was my, my number one last year, your number one last year. And you've never played it with reindeer ears on before, too. So that is true. That's probably why you're messing up. I mean, it, it's not helping. Get through it yet. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It just feel bad messing that song up because it's like, you know, one of the most beautiful songs ever. It is. Well, Bob doesn't know. Even if it is just boots of Spanish leather, but slightly different. Well, Bob, Bob's not listening. Yeah, and then finally, Kelly, we have our albums, our two albums of the year. You and I both rank them the same. Number one being Shot of Love. Number two being Self-Portrait. Uh, you know, Self-Portrait for you there is bloated. There are too many songs. This is definitely not a criticism anybody's ever had about Self-Portrait before. And uh, so and Shot of Love <laughs> is about Jesus, you know. But but damn, what a good, coherent a cohesive record and uh, exactly what you said. And yeah, I think I had a lot of fun doing both of those because these are two unsung records that also weirdly enough had anniversaries this year, the 50th anniversary for that and the uh, 40th anniversary for uh shot of love. So crazy. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was fun that we got to do those two this year, just randomly. Yeah. Self portrait is yeah. I, I remember it being awful, but going back through it, it's like other than the, billion live versions and other random shit on there like the first 10 tracks yeah, are okay like they're not standout stellar tracks but they're like they're not as miserable and then like as i started getting into it and i'm just like oh god but i remembered all the wild horses and wigwam and i was like oh my god these are great these are my favorite and then you got to copper kettle and you're like oh man this is the best song that he's ever done i love copper kettle mm-hmm. but no i'm with you you once you get to the live stuff we're done. You don't need to put that. I mean, again, it's like now it, it seems crazy because we have a whole thing. We could just release that live. But back then it was like they were bootleg, basically. Right. It was like this whole different world. Right. So and he was also doing it on purpose. I don't know. It's an interesting record to talk about and think about. But it's not as good as Shot of Love, which is also a weird record that nobody ever no. talks about. I've definitely never enjoyed like religious quote yeah. unquote music more in my life. Like just a banger after it's banger. Good. It's great song. It's good. It's, great album. it's good. So we'll definitely talk about that more as we go along. And uh, yeah, in general, I mean, wh- how would you sum up our year with Bob Dylan? Was it, I mean, I don't know if it was as high as other ones. I don't know. I think last last season for me was particularly great because we had like a Rolling Stone and we had Girl and we had Boots. Like there was so much going on that those are just so hard to top that even with this, Love Minus, I think is great. I love She's Your Lover Now, but there was not another one that was just like a 
bona fide perfect song, you know? So how did you feel about this year? I think I concur. There wasn't, there was not a girl from the North country moment. Um, while love minus zero is really, really good. I, it definitely didn't get me emotionally. Like yeah. That girl from the North country does or boots of Spanish leather. But the, for me, when I say girl from the North country, those I mean, you songs. know, those two songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I will say that again, it, for me, this year was more about the epi- us recording them than it was about the songs right. that were standout. You know, doing those episodes with John and Kendra, and even just you know the um, St. Patrick's Day with Kendra with trust uh, yourself, trust yourself. Uh, uh, you know, learning all the things and just like getting to be a better yeah. musician, if you will, if I deigning to use that title is just like it's that was that. I yeah. think will always be high for me for this year. It's just looking back that this was was great for that. And, I, and another weird thing where I feel guilty, where like this has been a kind of a great year for me yeah. personally. And you know the whole world's falling apart. But it's weird to say that. But yeah, for I don't know that Bob's songs were yeah. great, <laughs> the shining moment of it. But but definitely being yeah, able to do the podcast. Yeah, I agree. Was. Podcast was great. Hanging out was great. All that was awesome. The songs were, but you know what? The songs have to come when they come. And what what better year in some way to do it than this year, you know? Just kind of get it, get it through. And it really tests you, you know? The songs not being so, so good, you really got to push through. And we did, which I'm proud of us to have done. So that, I think, sums up season four for us. If I had wings Like an oyster so we are going to continue on with part four where we go back to christmas in the heart kelly uh if you are ready if Yay. if you and rudolph are ready I hope that that works. Returning back, flipping the vinyl over, we find ourselves wanting to have ourselves a merry little Christmas. We have anything set for this, uh, but we chose, obviously, Bob Dylan is there, but I chose the Beths, uh, one of my favorite um, bands that I just mentioned uh, came out with a new album this year. Uh, This was from 2018, but Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas single. Uh, it's a great version, and they're from New Zealand, so it's kind of got a different flavor, and it kind of rocks out a little bit. Uh, so I know you. There's uh, some dr- some beef with you, but did you did you like that, or were you instantly like ah? No, 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 no. I like. I was just like wondering when he said that's, that. Like, oh, that's, that's what sense. that fucked up sound was <laughs> coming out of their mouths. We know it's cute. I mean, it's fine. It's a pretty. It's a pretty traditional uh, rendition. So I would almost give the edge to Bob in some ways. Now. I showed my mom and grandma the video for number 10 for Must Be Santa, and grandma lost her shit. She loved it. She just found every time that Bob was there with the little, you know, fucking hat on, and at the end when he's hanging out with Santa, and they're, like, watching whatever the hell was going on, she just found the whole thing crazy because they're, like, a brawl starts in this house. You know, everyone's fighting and shit. She has no idea what's going on, and Bob's just, like, here going crazy. I just, every time I hear the song, I fucking love this song so much. It's so so good. good. It's still good. It's still the best part of this record. And 
I love how we've destroyed any possibility of having anything good come out of this song because year one, we did Pokemon year two. We did Mary Lambert, which was like a dead ghost singer last year. We did Rafi, which was horrible. And this year we have the Kaboomers and it's bad. Yeah, I don't know who was like, we should have a robot sound going ho, ho, ho through the whole song, but I would like to personally kick him yeah. in the face. Uh, um, I do love, and I don't think there's an end There's an end to this because it's such a fun kid song where you play that game with the, you know, go back to season one and you can find out what it's called, what he's doing with the... Right, the poem that... Whatever goes, it's called. It's yeah, 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 yeah. But it's such a kid's thing. It's such a nursery rhymey type thing that... This is going to be, we'll never finish. We've already, the well is run dry on some of our other categories, but it will never run dry on horrifying versions of Must Be Santa. Let it be known. This one is up there with one of the absolute worst. So uh, enjoy that, everybody. Enjoy all of them. And if you want to listen to all of the versions of Must Be Santa, it's in the description as well. Uh, Kelly, we move on to Silver Bells. Now, the the, um, parameters for this one are they have to be from an album called a insert here Christmas. So a something Christmas. Oh, okay. So year one, we yeah. did a very she and him Christmas next year, a legendary Christmas for John legend, uh, a twisted Christmas for twist and twisted sister. Thank yes. You. And then uh, I broke the rules a little bit uh, for bright eyes who is here with a Christmas album. So a Christmas album, very, um, yeah, very fun yeah, title. Um, they really thought really long and hard about a Christmas album. But uh, yeah, the Bright Eyes version is incredibly plain. I thought it would be more fun, and it's incredibly boring because most bands, most bands doing fucking Christmas songs suck. Just suck. (laughs) I don't know why people do it. I think it's. I think you get torn more so than maybe any other covers. You feel this like you're so beholden to make it Christmas. You know. I know. I, I don't know. I. And like even Sufjan, who does all his original stuff, it still has that flavor, it right? Does. Every song has that flavor, which is why you know it's a Christmas exactly. song. So it's like, so you have a choice: you rob Halford it, or you just go with the classic. And that's why you know, I really enjoyed Rob Halford's song. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> go say it again. For me, I would just say, why is like for Bright Eyes? I just don't get it. Why? Why do an album? Like just put out a single, man. You yeah. really like, or pick one you really like and you want to do. Like, what's the point of an album? I don't know. It's bizarre yeah. to me. But at least oh. you got to give Connor the fact that he's so sad that like he still makes it sad. Like this, Silver Bells is a little somber, but he makes it sad. He does, and I wonder what the rest of the album just his voice sounds like. It might be okay. This might just be kind of the low key too. I don't want to judge the whole thing by the cover because if I put on the first Noel, the next song by Bob Dylan, I don't. It's not very good. I would be horrified because I want them to listen to Must Be Santa or Christmas Island, right? I want them to kind <laughs> right, of know right, that right. this is fun. Well, maybe Bright Eyes is fun, and then this is the one low-key, you know? I don't know. Anyway, Silver Bell's not that great. Moving on to the first Noel. Uh, these are uh, albums that only from albums called Home for Christmas. So we started out with Dolly Parton in Sing Home for Christmas, Dulcimer Dan and the Blue Skies Band last year, and this year, Daryl Hall and John Oates, not Hall and Oates, but these two individuals separated Home for Christmas. <laughs> I think they get mad. I think about? they get mad that they that you call them Colin Oates. Yeah, really? I think that they're they're two distinct individuals, and they would like to be known as such. Wow. I know. I think they are very testy so, yeah, about it. This is 
definitely news to me that this is Hollow Notes. There is no such thing as Hollow Notes. Oh no, Notes. what I'm telling you is I don't I don't Good, I got you. Okay, good. I'm saying good. Hollow Notes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I if you asked me who sings this, I would have said Casey and Jojo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I I mean I'm not a Hollow Notes fan no. or person. Like I I just I don't know that I've ever listened to a song of theirs. I'm sure I have heard their songs because they seem like Correct. you have to. Yeah. Uh, inescapable in that way, but yeah, I know this sounds like an early nineties. But is that where you song. is that where you would date it? Early nineties. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. No way! Really? Yeah. Unless it's a reissue or something, Ugh. I I chose it just because of the title of the album. But uh, yep. it's long. Uh, and then one of my favorite ones from this record, Christmas Island, still delightful after all this, all these years, is uh, that it must be Santa are my two that I would go to right off the bat. This is actually what I, I led with when I played Grandma my first Bob Dylan song just to see if she would even like it. I played this and she loved it. Um, and I think this is a great starting place. Like if you can get through Bob's voice and you're like, OK, this is kind of cool. Then I think you'll like the whole rest of the record. Right. Because this is fun. There's a lot of Definitely. fun. But uh, yeah, this one, um, we uh, did Train. Train. We paired this up with Train. Christmas in Tahoe, 2017. Uh, sort of an inside joke, uh, Kelly. You know, Train. Nobody else knows about Train. Just just yes. you and yes. I. Yes. Uh, and right. the folks right. the folks up in the tower, uh, up in the up in the uh, bunker. You know, 12 stories up in the bunker. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Drops of um, Jupiter. Never forget. I know, whatever the song uh, fart sound. Insert fart sound. Yes. Uh, next up, number 14, Christmas song. There is no specifications here. Um, in fact, I just, because we do this every year, we kind of choose a song like Christmas Island before with AJJ, you know, that had nothing to do with Christmas Island. Same thing here. I chose Phoebe Bridger's Christmas song. It has nothing to do with the Christmas song, the, the classic one that we all know from Nat King Cole. So I enjoyed it because it's nothing to do with the song. It's like a new song on the playlist, and I enjoyed it. And it's beautiful, and it made me have feelings, and I hate you for it. That's on. good. That's good. And the, finally, we go to Little Town of Bethlehem. And now, very importantly, and this is the last year I think we can do this, is that we only choose songs from 1957, but I've run out of songs. <laughs> so Frank Sinatra. Why so specific? Oh, no, because it's just Frank Sinatra, Jolly Christmas was our first one, 1957. Elvis, Elvis Christmas album, 1957. Sammy K. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, 1957. The last one I had was Gene Autry, which is what we have here, which is the original Gene Autry sings the songs of Christmas, 1957. I don't think there's any other Christmas albums in 1957, so I might have to just bump up the year to 1958, and we'll just kind of continue from there. But Gene Autry, this is the OG, and it's only a minute long. And I feel like he's not even. No, I know. He's just like, we have to talk about Christmas. (laughs) Ah, he's like, goodbye. Uh, Bob's is a little bit boring uh, with he does with all of these. So I would take this version over that mainly because his is t- one uh, one minute and 50 seconds long over Bob's whatever. You know, he doesn't end the record strong, but, you know, it was still nice to listen to Christmas in the Heart. And we still had a couple of other uh, songs that I that I put on there. No, and they were a wonderful okay. surprise bonus, especially starting with Happy Ghoul Tide. I was like, what is See, this? See, you can thank the 1,500 Motown singles because you know what? No one would ever find this fucking song if it wasn't for me listening no. to every fucking song. Happy Ghoul Tide. It was the night before Christmas, and there in our crib sat me and my family waiting for St. Nick. How many presents you found? I asked my small son. A big tears in his eyes, he said. I only found one. Jingle bells and Christmas trees. 
Tell Saint Nicholas, if you please, for a present to me send. All I want is just a friend. It's happy ghoul tide season, I cheerfully said. Why don't you drink your blood pudding and then hop to bed? You'll dream of lovely graveyards. He'll take daddy's hand. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, Happy Ghoul Tide by Ray Otis. Whatever this was, whatever year it was, I don't even actually remember. Uh, hilarious. And then Melanie, we listened to like Animal Crackers by Melanie on our road trip that you guys really enjoyed. Uh, so Melanie has a song just called Merry Christmas that's really sweet, and I like her a lot. I was I was like, who is this? Is this like a German? Per- <laughs> was, is this Nene? Is this is this 99 Red Balloons Nene or yes. whatever her name is doing it's this not. song? Nope, she's just a New not, Yorker. New New Yorker? New Yorker? Uh, and then Yorker. Phoebe Bridgers again. Uh, this is a new one from her, if we make it through December. So hopefully you didn't listen to that, Kelly. You might catch some feelings. Oh, I did, and it was terrible. And then Rodriguez. It, oh. in a good, no, it's a beautiful, another Yes, and that whole song, EP is yeah. very lovely, too. Uh, and then Rodriguez, uh, Cause. Quit my job on Christmas Day. It's the only reason it's on here. But it was, uh, it was good. It was a little gruff. We need a little gruffness on our playlist because everything's so sweet. You know, Rob Halford was so long uh, ago. It's true. It's true. Um, I remember you talking yes. about this guy because we S- talked about correct. searching for Sugar Man or yep. something at some point. Or you had played him or something and like he only had a uh-huh. couple albums in the 70s. But he's like he's amazing. amazing. Um, and if you go into his little bio, even in um, Spotify, they liken yeah. him to Dylan. Like this is the very, you know. He's just this guy that nobody knew who he is, but he made these fucking amazing records. And he gives me like a Nick yeah. Drake feel too, where it's just like, oh my God, these really like intimate, beautiful, great songs that he just, well, he didn't nope. die young like um, nope. Nick Drake did, but like he just went up to obscurity, you know, for all intents and purposes. And just like, yeah. So and good. I just love, so and, the song's, and that the song's great too. If you've never seen Searching for Sugar Man, I recommend it. Uh, and then I went back to the Motown with uh, Martha Reeves and everybody with the season's greetings, <laughs> which I will say when I was listening to it, I was like, because like, it just starts with me. It's a song. And then all of a sudden it's this. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I know. I know. So jarring. You're just minding your own business. And then suddenly Martha Reeves. Well, well I wish you a Merry what? Christmas. What? And then it's quiet. Why? What? Hey, it's Martha Reeves. Martha the Vandellas. And you're like, yep. oh, God, it's Marvin Gaye. Well, I thought an ad started playing and I was like, uh, excuse me, I pay for premium for a reason. And then I was like, oh, it is an ad, but not it's from for the me. Past. It's from the past. Uh, and then I followed it up with the wonderful Marvin Gaye with I Want to Be Home for Christmas, which is great. And one of my favorites from because Stevie Wonder's got a ton of Christmas songs like they do, especially as Motown was declining. They would go for the Christmas, like even just to get some kind of a hit. And uh, not not all of them are very good, but I like this one specifically before Marvin Gaye went off to be Marvin Gaye, as we know him. And then finally, Murder by Death came out with a Christmas album this year, which is fantastic. And uh, the song Happy New Year, I think, is a good sayonara to this uh, podcast and playlist. And, um, you know, see you later, 2020. And actually, when we were listening to this, um, my sister's boyfriend was like, is this Bing Crosby? And and I was like, you know what? I mean, he's got a great voice. I'll give you that. And they, they play it pretty straight. But he's, you know, he's got that twang and it's it's really good. I, I, if, I recommend it a lot. The Murder by Death one is great because they do not play classics like they play weird songs uh christmas songs so i recommend that a lot it's hard as you get older especially when you don't have kids i feel like to have your own like holiday traditions kind of thing 
Um, it's hard to get into the spirit because it's so easy with kids because you're just like, yeah, Santa, we got to do this because kids and presents right. and things. And it's, it just makes it a lot easier. But especially since we just moved, um, you know, we don't really have any decorations. It just doesn't feel very – and it's 2020, so it's sure. like everyone gets a pass forever. Um, but it's nice to to be forced yeah. to listen to Christmas music <laughs> to get you in the spirit. I agree. And my my mom great. hasn't done Christmas since we left the house, but because grandma's there, grandma usually does Christmas here in South Dakota. And so there was this concern about her not getting Christmas. And I think my mom was pretty, you know, she didn't want to do it. She has an artificial tree that she got, you know, near the end when we were in high school and she it's just been sitting up there, but she got this smaller tree and we all decorated it together. And I think after decorating my sister's tree, because her boyfriend goes all out for Christmas. Grandma was pretty satiated, but I think my mom enjoyed having people around to do Christmas as well. And, you know, I think they all wanted me to stay, but, you know, it wasn't going to happen just by me not having my stuff. But, yeah, it was nice. I mean, even if I wasn't there for Christmas, I was definitely there during the Christmas season. And that's something I haven't done in 10 years. So I know that they really appreciated that too. And and that's a whole other thing as well, just what are Christmas traditions? Because I probably spent more Christmases with you, with you guys over the past 10 years, you know, obviously than family. So, yeah, but we're doing it here and you've got, you've got lights yeah, on. Sorry. I've got a tree. We're rolling. here. If we make it through December, everything's going to be all right. I know it's the coldest time of Shiver when I see the falling snow If we make it through December Got plans to be in a warmer town come summertime Good stuff, Absolutely. Kelly. We're moving on to part five. We're going to br- bring this one home. Ooh. Yep. My number 10 <laughs> is uh, every year it's been big records, pop records um, that I listen to. So the biggest pop record, I should have opened this before I started this sentence because now it has to load. The biggest pop record that I listened to was probably Taylor Swift, Folklore. Um, and she also just came out oh, with right, a brand folklore, new album right? too called Evermore, yeah. which are folklore. Uh, and I listened to it and it was okay. It's not as good as folklore, but it's like the B-sides of folklore. But it was good. And I've never listened to Taylor Swift before. She was on our playlist last year for her Christmas tree song, which was ridiculous. And I will probably get around to listening to her more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because she's really talented. Uh, I listened to Charlie XCX. How I'm Feeling Now. That was a big album that people put on their list. I enjoyed that a lot. I I discovered Casey Musgraves for the first time. She's like a big country singer. Fucking great. Golden Hour 2018. I saw it on everybody's top 10 list. Never listened to it. It is really, really good. Uh, The Chicks, formerly the Dixie Chicks. The Chicks came out with Gaslighter, which have you listened to our... Have you listened? Okay, good. All right. Yes, I know. Yes, perfect. Amazing. Good. Every time it happens, I'm like, yes. uh, It's good. I'm glad that it's stuck because I just. I, Poor Willow. Poor Willow. And I do it like 20 <laughs> times and it's just like underneath it. I'm going to keep doing it. It's one of my favorite already. So good. Whew. 
Uh, also, the weekend, uh, Childish Gambino, I put on here too. Just sort of big records. Run the Jewels, uh, another big one. So, Run the Jewels four was excellent. Everybody's it's on everybody's top fifties as well. So, you know, those are my big pop records that I enjoyed this year, and I I definitely listen to more music like that than I think I ever have because I've listened to more music this year than I have ever before. I mean, last year was pretty good. I think I listened to about eighteen thousand songs, but I'm on I'm on track here to be about twenty one thousand this year. So, um. So, but I, I listened to a lot more music, which was great. So, my number 10 is, in fact, a song. Um, the so the band eh, is it a band or is it a single person? <laughs> the music group, I don't know, whatever. Portico, it's uh, they have a bunch of great ambient albums. Um, but the they came out with an album last year called Memory Streams, and there's a song okay. called Gradient on that, and it's fantastic. I recommend all their stuff period but like okay. the song gradient specifically on the album memory Streets. nice nice number it's nine number for 10. me is uh fiona apple fetch the bolt cutters we love fiona i mean you could put that yeah. on the pop records as well because it's it was pitchforks number one of the year um we learned also in the interview that they did with her that she is the one playing piano for murder most foul as well so that's confirmation there which does make sense oh, okay. that makes it kind of how weird it was um was was her playing it but yeah, I mean, it's pretty much a perfect album. I mean, I, I looked at it today. I listened to a couple tracks off of it today, and every single one of them is a star for me. And I'm like, yeah, this is there is no bad on this. So my favorites are Heavy Balloon, Drum Set, I Want You to Love Me, and Fetch the Bolt Cutters. But you can listen to the whole thing top to back. It's fucking excellent. Yeah, I, I second that. I didn't put it on my list, but yeah. that was one of the only albums yeah. I listened to all the way through this year. So definitely <laughs> means something. I don't know. Uh, my number nine, though, in the vein of albums I actually listen to, and this one, or these ones, more mm. than once, Nine Inch Nails, right, Ghosts right. 5 and 6. Um, Ghosts 5, Together, is the subtitle. Uh, Ghost 6, Locust. I would say Together was less scary, less horror movie soundtracky. I mean, they both have that vibe, because it's Trent Reznor, but um, I would say Together is a little more lighthearted, and the song specifically, Your Touch, on um, okay. Ghost 5 is, is my favorite. But yeah, they, they were good. I mean, definitely another worthy entry into, um, you know, clearly Trent Reznor has transitioned kind of into score guy, less angry right. lyric rock guy, more uh, fun soundscape guy. But uh, it, yeah. it's I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. My number eight is uh, one of my favorite bands. The Lawrence Arms came out with their first album since 2014 uh, called Skeleton Coast. And it was recorded just before COVID. Um, and they don't record a lot. So it's kind of fun. Anytime you get this, uh, I would have loved to see them live. I saw them right before we moved in to the block house. Um, Kendra and I went to Red City Radio and Lawrence Arms. So uh, it took me years to see them the first time. And then I saw them twice within a couple of years, which is great. Uh, the best songs off of these are Quiet Storm, Belly of the Whale, Dead Man's Coat, and Coyote Crown. If you want to check out any of them. Number eight for me. Yes, yes. Uh, Decline and yes. Fall of Western yes. Civilization. Um, Daniel's talked about that multiple times and I finally watched it and it was great and I bought an album um, right after I watched it from oh my yes. god Catholic Discipline which was a punk band featured in the in the documentary and I got to buy it from the record label that That's originally cool. produced it which was great and I feel bad I can't remember the name of it now but uh, yeah it was really cool I mean it's it's a bummer when it's you know because it's like such dude broy homophobic some stuff sometimes but then Catholic Discipline fucking Uncle Frank was the guitarist of Catholic Discipline and I just like can't believe it cuz she's fucking amazing and um yeah it was really cool to watch and just like what a great snapshot 
of uh, punk in the 70s, especially since Darby right Crash after, died, yeah. like, right after yep. that. Um, for the Germans. That's his name, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, the guy, the main guy. Yeah. From the Germans, yeah. And, it, yeah, it was just very cool. And, and um, what was that other guy's name who was the guitarist for the Germs? Yeah. Um. Oh, my God. He's, like, yeah. a big thing now still. His name was, like, something, like... <laughs> smelly vagina or something but not that you know what i mean <laughs> like uh, anyway but because right. he was in the sound city documentary i watched too like all those years later because he's still doing music and anyway yeah decline and fall of western civilization i haven't watched the second one which is the 80s one and then the follow-up the third one that's like punk again um one day i will but definitely worth yeah and i've only seen snippets of two so it would be cool to watch i didn't even know there was a third so there you go uh number a seven number seven for me is going to be Fleet Foxes, sure. So this came out on the autumnal okay. equinox, and it really hits. And I love people not sticking to the Friday bullshit. You can just put shit up whenever you want to. So that was his whole thing oh, with Shore. And the music wow. really feels like that. I mean, it's really lovely. So it came out in September. Um, you know, I re-listened to all of it. After this came out, I just listened to all of them all over again. And it's definitely a band. I haven't been writing it off, but it's a perfect road trip record. I listened to it on the drive um, out here and and drive to Virginia. And my favorite songs from it are Sunblind, Can I Believe You, Young Man's Game. But I think the whole thing is really great. And he released the stems from this. So you can listen to every single instrument in total for every song. And it's hundreds, hundreds of audio files that you can just fuck around with. So you get the stems. You can just put them in a garage band and just play around with them, turn them on and off and have the bass going for a song and just take it out and just have the piano only, that kind of stuff, and just put your own spin on it, whatever. Um, So you can buy that on Bandcamp. And if I was a different person, I'm sure I would be obsessive about that. Uh, My number seven is Terminator Dark Fate. Which I think I went on nice. for a solid thirty minutes and talked about one day with you. I know, and I think we, I think that was the point where we were decided, like, do we go back to mixed up confusion where we talk about things for half an hour, or do I cut this? And I think I cut a lot. No, of it no, out. definitely. Well, I think what happened is like we ended up re-recording it, and so it mercifully was we was did end up re-recording yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, but yeah, Terminator Dark Fate, and what's her name, Mackenzie, who plays the like titular Terminator in this, uh, in this movie is in a new movie with Kristen Stewart and Dan Levy of Schitt's Creek um, called Holiday Greetings or something Season's Greetings that's on Hulu it's a Hulu original holiday movie that I desperately want to watch uh, because it's got all my friends in it it. but apparently it's not very good quote unquote but I don't know I think we get so because everyone is so fast to consume and judge media now you end up not watching a thing that you probably would like because everyone's decided it's not good and i'm just like nah i'm still gonna watch that shit for yeah. sure anyway dude i mean the princess switch and shit they're terrible i knew they were terrible i've watched videos on them before about how terrible they are and i was still excited to watch it because i you know if even if you could just get off on riffing on movies and just how fucking insane things can be as long as you can have fun yeah who yeah, cares yeah. i mean and it's an instant That's fun. holiday ambiance put that shit on make some cookies live your life and at least you have instead of fucking whatever her name is Vanessa Hudgens you've got fucking you know people you actually like in the movie like that's a huge plus jingle jingle that's why I want to watch jingle jingle at least I will like them 
it's bad, but it's still Forrest Whitaker. Anyways, <laughs> you have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I will. You have to watch it before Christmas ends, Kelly. Jesus. But Terminator Dark Fate is not that movie. Uh, but even though it stars Mackenzie, I think her name is Mackenzie Davis, I want to say. Anyway, it was great to see fucking uh, Linda Hamilton and, and very old, possibly f- with a beard toupee, if that's a thing, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and uh, uh, yeah, I just... I. I went on effusively about that movie at the time, and so I will spare you now, but it's just still one of the best fucking action movies I've ever You're seen still? in my life. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Number nice. seven. <laughs> nice. Number six for me is Protest the Hero, uh, Palimpsest. It's not as good as their 2011 album called Scurrilous, but the unity of American history interwoven between this album makes this like an instant classic for me because I love all the stories that they're telling and I love the way they tell it. I love how hard they are, but also I love his voice and how, you know, he's got that fucking, that beautiful metal voice uh, where he can just belt them out. Uh, My favorite songs from there are All Hands, probably one of my favorite songs of the year, Uh, Reverie, Little Snakes, and Rivet. Uh, Highly recommend the whole album straight on through. Um, Give it a listen if you want to hear some cool history of america without um you know things that you might not know uh i recommend maybe listening to it enjoying it if you like it go back through on genius because genius has done a great job of sort of telling you what the lyrics are about and things like that so that's my number six kelly uh my next is feel good which i forgot even happened what a year it's been uh so feel good was a netflix that was a show show. yeah it was only six episodes and i don't know if it's going to come back which is a bummer but it's about this um lesbian comedian and it's kind of like a about her life it's just like a biopic of uh her where it's like slightly fictionalized of course but that's really common to have a comedian main character and then kind of their life around them but it reminds me like you're the worst and stuff anyway it was like incredibly incredibly relatable for me personally as a lesbian who has been with uh like women that have only ever dated another one other woman and that woman being me like and, and like it's the trials and tribulations of someone who's been you know quote unquote heterosexual for their whole life and then starting to date a lesbian and like what that's all like and, and just like it it was so good and so it's like she's so de- self-deprecating and it's like really dark and you know how everything's a, a dark comedy now definitely one of those and it, it was just really good and super duper relatable for me uh for obvious reasons but yeah feel good number six five has always been the books that i read this year kelly do you remember the book that i was reading before in the pre-times where it was. It's called "The Second Sleep" by Robert Harris, and it was the one where oh, yeah, yeah. you didn't know that you were in a certain time. It was like the future, but it looked like the past. Crazy. Yeah, I forgot all about that book. I remember we had wow. like hours long conversations about it, and then, hours and then long when we went to finish it. it. Was like that wasn't that great. <laughs> not that great. Not that great. And so it's not one of my faves, but it, but it definitely was a very pre timesy book um, because it was like oh. I'm reading books in 2020. This is amazing. And then it's like, oh, God. Uh, so a couple of the fiction books I enjoyed, uh, American War by Omen, uh, Omar Akkad, Omar Akkad uh, a book called In the Distance by Hernan Diaz. Very, very good. Uh, Jenny Offal wrote a book called Weather. And Lindsay Ellis, who I watch on YouTube, uh, she wrote a book called Axiom Zen, which is excellent. And I would recommend that if you're into fiction. Nonfiction, I finished the entire Lewis and Clark journal all of the journals edited by gary moulton over a million words and i finished it fully uh and and you know i did all my notes and everything like that so it took me about two years to to read it meticulously put everything where it needed to be so now it's i got to go through and read them again kelly so i'm starting that soon um the 
uh, Jill Lepore, I read three books by her, but I'll recommend These Truths and If Then. Uh, if Then just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, and These Truths is like a new um, history of the United States. There hasn't been a big one in a long time. I finally read The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, so I recommend that as well. Um, Longing for Less by Kyle Chakra was really great. Braiding Sweetgrass um, was great by Robin uh, Kimmerer. A couple books I read out in the backyard of the blockhouse, Empires, Nations, and Families, A New History of the American West, 1800-1860 by Anne Hyde was excellent. And probably one of the last ones I read that I really, really liked was Reaganland by Rick Perlstein, kind of right before the election. And it was like, oh, God, this conservative morass that we're in, how did it start? And he wrote the best history of it from uh, Barry Goldwater up to the election of Ronald Reagan and it's perfect. So there's four books in that series and I recommend highly if you want to understand what happened during that time to read those. And then just before we got on, I finished two books called one called Un- uncanny Valley about tech, the tech industry a memoir on the tech industry by Anna Weiner and um, the library book by Susan Orlean, which is funny because she wrote the book called the orchid thief, which is what the movie adaptation is talking about they're trying to adapt the orchid thief and who's in adaptation nicholas cage all comes fully around Um, number five uh strawberry girls so this might be the yes best instrumental only band i mean i really like budo's band don't get me wrong but they have a lot of brass instruments so it's like more of a big kind of almost orchestral feel to it but as far as like guitar driven rock with no lyrics even though occasionally they have songs with words uh, I've never find, found anyone better. I've yet to find one better than Strawberry Girls. They uh, are fantastic. And listening to all four of their albums was really cool, especially, f- like, that's why doing this podcast is great. If nothing else, just for the playlist to discover new music because, holy shit, guitar-driven instrumental music that's not um, gloomy instrumental death doom metal stuff. Uh, right. Strawberry Girls, great band. Uh, my number four is Touche Amore, Lament. This came out on the day that I quit my job. Not quit, the day I quit, but the day I left the job, uh, October 9th. Uh, so that was cool. So this was my <laughs> playlist for the first week of not not being at a job anymore. Um, and Touche Amore is great, and I've loved them forever. Uh, 2011's Parting the Sea Between Brightness and Me is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. And this one is great. And Lament is amazing. Savoring, I'll Be Your Host are definitely... Um, some of my favorite songs of the whole year. So the album top to bottom, excellent. It's about half an hour long. Do it. Number four for me, again, another band that doesn't have any words, a Portland local band called a collective subconscious shout out to Kendra hey. for definitely recommending. Wow. Number three. Uh, number, number four. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Four, sorry. Like, number four. Oh no, God, yes. no, I missed one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, so this is the other side of that instrumental, post-rock coin where it's definitely gloomy atmospheric like darker tone but wow they're they're great at their instruments and it's just like i feel like if i a band could be like hey what are you into i could be like this and that would really kind of accurately in the expansive stuff where it's like i like this tonally i like the what they're doing musically i like songs without words for the most part i just like this this is what i like i'm into this like in the Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor kind of way of like sound yeah. great stuff. But yeah, Collective Subconscious, recommend highly. Okay. What is your number three? Portland Band. My number three is going to be Sufjan Stevens, The Ascension. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise. It was cool that he went back to the electronics after t- 2010's Age of Odds. 
And I don't know. I think Age of Odds is a little better. I don't think that this is his best album by any means, but it has some of my favorite songs. Um, uh, Tell Me That You Love Me is great. Landslide is one of my jams this year. Uh, Death Star with Goodbye to All of That, the way the two of them sync together is perfect. The Ascension is probably the best song he's ever written in his whole life. And America is a great song. Again, this all came out right before the election. So it's one of those, you know, I don't know, you're kind of feeling that. And obviously there's a lot of what he's feeling was kind of what we were all were feeling over these last four fucking years. So we can only hope some of that goes away, but we shall see. We shall. My my top three, to spoil it immediately, are not really things that you can go do, and I'm sorry. Uh, it's just things that, oh, that okay. I enjoyed this year, and that's what this list is about for me. Uh, that's so all my is? number three is right before COVID happened at the very end of February. Um, I guess we, that's not accurate to say before COVID happened because clearly it was around and happening. But we before America, True. before the lockdowns, yeah, yes. went went on high alert. Um, I got to see yes. Sarah McLachlan. Wow, Sarah McLachlan at the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall, which is not only a beautiful right. venue, but an artist that I have listened to forever that I never thought I would really go see because I'm not super into arena shows and she's definitely someone who plays it in an arena um so being able to see her at the schnitzer which is a smaller uh venue that she would be able yeah. to that she would be playing in was just fucking perfect um and i'm so grateful especially considering we don't know when we'll be able to go to a concert again uh, i'm really glad that I, I got to to see her it's a bummer like bob would have been another one of those where it's like thank god at least i got to see him like at least i got to see Oh, I know, I know. Him in the show, and so it's a, it's it's unfortunate that that might never happen. I might not actually ever get to go see him. And Polaris too. I know Polaris on a very small. You know, I'm bummed that I will never get to see Polaris more than likely because that that show I mean, got could, canceled. But whatever. You could do a whole list on on the the, the yeah, lost the shows, shows that never you know, were. as we talked about yeah. a million times. Will we ever go? Yeah, and that's that's kind of part of the whole thing. I mean, and I didn't even think about to say this, but yeah, Bob Dylan. We were going to go. July, I mean, yeah. we've said that before on the podcast, but also just a caveat here for me, Bob Dylan's not allowed to be in my top 20. I want that <laughs> to be very clear. So he is not going to be in the, I should have yeah. caveated that. You might be expecting rough and rowdy ways to be number one, which I think in a different world, right. it would be number one or two, maybe even two, but he's not allowed. So I just want to say that too. Why, while I'm thinking about it. Is there but a anyways, yeah, not on your list. So we do a podcast about him. I can't show favorites. Yeah. Good. That's good. That's good. Because that would be so predictable. Yeah. That's, uh, it would be if I picked Bob Dylan on the Bob Dylan podcast. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, anyway, yeah Sarah McLaughlin. And it was just her. She had accompaniment by one other woman on a couple songs. But other than that, it was just her and a piano or her and a guitar. And I'm very, very grateful, especially now that I got to see that. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, my number two is going to be what my first number one was, which is Jeff Rosenstock. <laughs> he is my most listened to album this year. Uh, Spotify told me that Stateline was my number one listened to song this year, uh, along with Scram, uh, The Beauty of Breathing, Old Crap, Ohio Turnpike. Great album, front to back. This is another one that's shown up everywhere. New York okay. Times put it in their top 10. Like, yeah, so a great album. Jeff Rosenstock is a consummate professional. And, Kelly, oh, before I forget, um, I yep, ordered a shirt. For Bandcamp oh, right, Friday right, right. or whatever, and I got yeah, and it, fi- it arrived while I was gone. Oh, nice! But it's, uh, no show. <laughs> it's no no shows <laughs> at an empty arena. I mean, it's good. You know? An it's empty stage. Empty. 
and then on the back and then on the back it's just <laughs> nope nope everything canceled uh <laughs> yeah the whole great. thing which is depressing like look how many shows there were i mean look at all the money yeah. like you would have made but that's fantastic so, I'm excited I could help him out a little bit with the with the shirt. Maybe I'll put it online so you can see it. But yeah, Death Rosenstock and Jeff are amazing, and they have a little live uh, video too that you can watch on YouTube. Maybe I'll link that too. That was really cool to watch during quarantine. It's great. It's great, and Jeff Rosenstock is is great. So you can't go wrong. I agree. Jeff Rosenstock is great. He's not on my list at all. My number two <laughs> no. is a. Uh, and again, an experience. Sorry. Uh, recording with John and Kendra. I know we already talked about this a lot during our Bob Dylan ranking, but like, oh, yes. man, what a fucking fantastic time. Both times. Uh, but especially being able to to play um, Series of Dreams and getting that whole recording and making the whole song on the fly. And, you know, John and I just kind of did it on a whim while we were watching the video the morning of the podcast. And like, hey, we should play this. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, I can play it on the, the keyboard. And I was like, fucking great. I can learn a couple chords real quick. Let's do this. And just... They were so enthusiastic. Yeah. They wanted to do it so bad, and it really made that sh- that episode so good because you know we're we're Obviously. professionals at this point, so we're kind of jaded and we're like, ah, oh, we got to go in, do our do our bit, do our job, and they're just so excited yeah. to be on it. You know, Kendra's been here before, but she's still excited. It's pretty rare for her. But John was into it. He's ready to go. He's like, I want to know things. I want to let's talk about this. What are we going to talk about? And that really like I don't know stepped up the level of like it really we're took doing. the time to analyze and the it was song a lot of fun. And, and it was like that's correct. That was really, really great. We love you, John. Love you, Kendra. Yes, it's fantastic. And that was definitely one of the best. That and Sweetheart, because they left for their own road trip on their journey. And it was great to have them come back and spend more time with us. That was awesome, I know. Too, so. so that is definitely my number two. Irreplaceable, except for whatever number one is. <laughs> number one for me is Katie Crutchfield, Waxahachie, St. Cloud. This was the first album that came out right after America locked itself down. And... It's perfect. And like I said before with Kevin Morby, that's her boyfriend. They played on Instagram every you know Tuesday, Thursday, whatever it was, together. And they just played songs off of this, off of old albums, off of whatever. And it was just really nice to come home from work, forget about all the dumb bullshit we had done there that day, and to sit down and just like have this going on while I'm doing other things. It was a, it was a treat. And this record, St. Cloud, is so great. And it's obviously gotten praise. You could put this in the pop record. This is top 10 for so many publications out there. Um, And it's my number one. And Oxbow, that opens the album, is probably the best opener for me of this year of a record, starting a record. Uh, Can't Do Much Fire, Lilacs, those are all in people's top 10 of the best songs of the year. Uh, But for me, The Eye and Ruby Falls are perfect too. And literally just straight on through. It's, It's a long time since you listen to an album that just like every song hits perfectly and has like a feeling to it. It's great, and um, I, I highly recommend Waxahachie and all of her work, but especially St. Cloud. My number one of the year, High Killing. praise. High praise. Maybe I'll actually yeah. listen to that one. It's great. We'll see. We'll see if I decide to listen to music. Maybe that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah, someday. Uh, my, my number one thing is our road trip to, to Yellowstone and Badlands and everything. That yes. Was, I know it was already on that your list, good. but my, it's number one for me. Uh, I, I, just, like, I haven't been out anywhere in a long time i know you're a road trip veteran you've seen it all you've been everywhere you've done all the things uh and and while yellowstone was incredible i like you know about yellowstone so it wasn't surprising 
Um, sure. Beautiful. Wouldn't take, you know, like, I, and we got to see multiple grizzly bears and we got to see it in, in the mean, snow. Like we got to see two seasons at once yeah. and like summertime, beautiful. And then snow. What the hell? Oh yeah. It snowed, it snowed and it was perfect. It was beautiful. Incredible. I mean, I, I don't know yeah, that you no, and, have a better after Yellowstone that, experience. I, I haven't had any other ones, but that one was definitely the best. <laughs> No, I mean I've had multiple experiences, and I will tell you I've I've not seen as many animals as we saw during our two days there at Glacier and there, but also getting to in stay in Jackson Hole, in, um, incredible in Jackson yeah. Hole, which was awesome with Sherry, was incredible. And shout out to Sherry, we love her, and that was a that was an amazing time, and it was such a, I don't know, that whole thing was was great, and the Badlands were amazing. Yeah, so that was like and driving incredible to me because I had this misconception of what it looked like. I thought it was really just like kind of cracked desert but flat like more grand canyon right. less whatever that is and it was just gorgeous yeah. like i mean it's still my yeah. my phone background the one of the pictures that i took nice. there is just like really really mind-blowing i mean like we saw devil's tower and like again yellowstone is great but it's just yeah, like Devil i think Tower. just because it was so surprising and so vast it was just like seeing this I don't know, like this desiccated landscape, but it was so beautiful with all the colors and the ridges and everything. I just like, yeah, what an amazing. Well, thing. we got to spend, we got to spend the most of the day there, just like traipsing around, which was pretty cool. And even before that, with the Bighorn Mountains, we took a video of driving oh, right. down yeah, the yeah. Bighorn Mountains, which was amazing, yeah. and just going up the Bighorn. I mean, that that whole thing, yeah, it was a jam packed whole thing. And then we went to see John and to his boyfriend Dakota in Colorado, which was also a whole nother aspect of the trip. And then when we went home. It was smoke. Ugh. It was we drove into like hell. Yeah. And it was horrible. That was true. And it was, what a weird like yeah, trying to keep those two things like as we slept that night, we woke up in beautiful Colorado mm-hmm. and went to bed in smoke filled Portland. That was crazy. And then I had so. a panic attack for like a whole day. That was great. So yeah, no <laughs> Yeah, the next day you were done. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> so yeah, I mean and yeah, being able to spend time with, with Kendra and then like hang out with Alana for a little bit too, which was really great. Yeah. And and just like uh, yeah, I definitely treasure that forever. So that's why it has to be number one. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not the last. We'll do more road trips for sure. Deal. And it was cool to go to Grandma's. It was cool to go to, to, go to yeah, Falls. Pipestone. We went to the National Park. Sioux Falls, too. I mean, Incredible. it's boom in the barn, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, no, that that's great. I mean, I put it at number 19 like a dick, but I mean, it's it was definitely it was awesome. I'm glad we got to do it. And it was huge for me, just like. Oh yeah, quitting totally. the job. Oh yeah, so and you quit your job. That's what that I'm saying. What an incredible well. ten days! Like so much happened. What, what a big thing. So yeah, 2020. You know, it's it has its kindnesses, it has its faults, but we sort of we did it all. We did the whole thing. We we left our jobs, bought a house. Everything's happening. We're gonna be fine, and that brings us to the end. Part six, part Kelly. Six. Where we pick next oh year's song. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ugh, I forgot that we do yes. that. 2021. Oh, okay. Tw- <laughs> what do you think? Do you think a stork comes and delivers the songs? Oh, man, I just forgot. We have 300. 
and 73 more times that we get to hang out, Kelly. Okay, great, great. It'll never, it'll never end. This podcast will go on for the rest of our lives. 373, what do you got? Oh, right. I have to pick a number. Oh, 192. Okay, well, 192 would have given us Man of Constant Sorrow, which is a cover. Um, and it's from Bob Dylan's that first record. Also, so we would have started the back. Is that we're out there song? It's probably on yeah, there, yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, the answer is 90. Oh, okay. I'm nervous. Okay. Number 90. We're going back to Modern Times, 2006, to his lead single off that album called Someday Baby. Episode 121. We'll be back in February for the new season of Sign what on the Window. The like? We'll have a new president. Uh, will be inaugurated. Hopefully all of that goes according to plan. We'll see what happens. Kelly, we had a good we had a good run here in 2020. Wow. This is the end of the episode. Christmas is over. You can take off your oh, reindeer goodbye. shit. I'll take my tree. Goodbye, we'll reindeer. just like goodbye. toss it in the trash. Goodbye. <laughs> Christmas is over. Christmas we'll be back. We'll be back next year for Christmas if you want to wait till next year. Otherwise, we'll be back in February. Yeah, don't listen to a single episode until then. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. You'll hear about the rankings when we get there. All right, Kelly. I'll see you Yay. later. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, the reindeer's back. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I don't care where you go or how long you stay. Someday, baby, you ain't going to work. 